The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hello, hello, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, this is Paper Route. I'm Ashley Nicole Moss. This is Brandon Marshall, who looks like um, what's that character from McDonald's? Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. What's his about. name? What's his name? The purple one. Ugh, what is his name? Oh my gosh! Now I have to look it up. Can somebody in the chat tell me? Let me see. Purple dude from McDonald's. Huh? No, not Barney. That's not. What's his name? What's his name? Grimace. Grimace. That's his name. Grimace. Ooh. You look like Grimace today. Grimace. Let me look up You've Grimace never... and what Grimace looks like. You've never name. seen Grimace before? Uh, yeah, you I'm sure. Kids. Yes, 100%. I've seen Grimace. Um, but also, I'm that Ocho Cinco. I don't go to McDonald's like that anymore. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, once upon a time you did, and you have kids. Yeah, but it's been so long. Like when I think about McDonald's, everything just is like a blur. Like blur. Well, Google Grimace while I say hello to everybody, and I think you'll see the the correlation between you and Grimace today. You guys look like twins. Um, listen, we have a lot to get into today. It is Tuesday, so that means we have our Rookie of the Week segment, and we have a special guest joining us. So you're not gonna want to miss that. Later on in the show, we do have a little bit of basketball talk today. We're going to sprinkle that in between all of the football conversations we're going to be having. And yesterday, we had a doubleheader on Monday Night Football. We had not one, but two games. One game was a little bit better than the other one. The Eagles completely blew out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if you are a Cowboys fan like I am, it did not sit well with you how good the Philadelphia Eagles look on both sides of the ball. Yes, they played Tampa Bay, but we played Arizona and we still lost. So, yeah. Um, but on the other side of the game, I have to say, on the other game, rather, you had the Bengals versus the Rams. And I will say, extremely impressive what Joe Burrow was able to accomplish yeah. on a bum calf. We'll dive into that game first. So, the Bengals ended up beating the Rams. It ended up being not a high-scoring game, yep. but they did win 19-16. to 16. Now the Bengals are 1-2, and two, as are the Rams. 
But I think the most impressive thing that I took away from that entire game was offensively just what they were able to do in spite of Joe Burrow not being 100%. Um, It was... If you are a Cowboys fan or just a fan of a team that has been underperforming the last few weeks, to see what a team like the Bengals were able to do on offense with a lot of things stacked against them, especially when it came down to the red zone, which yesterday yep. we talked about shrinks when you get down there, you you kind of had some faith in the Bengals being able to stay afloat while Joe Burrow gets a little bit yeah. healthier. Well, well, first, for, for me, um, I am down all bad right now. I'm you down are. bad. That's what I should, should be saying. I'm down bad right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I walked off set yesterday screaming, screaming that I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, my goodness. Do we have that clip? That'd be fantastic. Screaming. Well, we'll nope. We'll didn't put it in the show, so we got to move on. <laughs> and then also, um, I thought that the Rams would win it, right? Um, defensively, uh, both teams showed up. Offensively. It was sloppy, yeah. So, so yes, right. Jamar Chase went over 100 yards. Uh, Joe Burrow had his best passing day on one leg, uh, but it was still sloppy football. My takeaway from all of Monday Night Football was, you know, the term midseason form. Like, I had to remind myself, right, and, 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 and I don't know why I do this to myself, you know, and I try to start the season. Brandon, no overreactions through the first three to four weeks, right? The teams are going to define themselves. So now we're starting to see who these teams are, right, and what their weaknesses are, what they need to work on, what they need to lean into. And so, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think I had too much energy uh, and, and too much faith in the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, you know, it's the Eagles. The Eagles, they're not where they need to be. They're not where they want to be. But think about it. They're still undefeated, and they're going to get better. They are getting better when you look at where they were week one uh, to last night. They played no preseason ball. And so midseason form was the word that came out for me last night. Uh, The Eagles are are tough. They're still tough. They're not going to have any letdown. I'm still not sure who the Cincinnati Bengals are and disappointed in the Bucs and also, uh, you know, the Rams. I mean – Although, yes, but I do, first of all, Puka had a great game. We've spoken to him before. Puka Nakua, absolutely phenomenal. Um, But I will say that, again, remember, the Rams are missing Cooper Cup. You know, he's dealing with a hamstring hamstring situation. Um, No telling what the team will be when he returns, if he returns this season. But I will say there are glimpses of more competitiveness from this Rams team that a lot of people gave them credit for, including myself. I thought they would be just a complete, not a tank, but I didn't really think that they would be a team that would give you any type of an issue. Now, the jury is still out with that because, again, the Bengals are not at 100%. These are not the Super Bowl Bengals. This is not nearly the rematch of Super Bowl, um, the Super Bowl in 2022. These teams look drastically Mm -hmm. different. Um, But... Looking at both of these teams and what they were able to accomplish in this game, obviously the Bengals win it. Which team do you have more faith in moving forward throughout the season? The Bengals. If I have to pick one, it would be the, the Bengals. You know, look, I, I didn't think that the Rams would come into this year and, and be a letdown. I thought that they would be competitive. Um, you know, they have uh, exceeded my expectations, I would say. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I'm disappointed in last night. You know, uh, Matthew Stafford turned over the ball in the first half, the second half. Um, you know, they didn't really get the running game going, but they, they definitely spread the ball out in the passing game. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals, defensively, they look that, – that's what I, that was the biggest takeaway. I was like, oh, defensively, they, they, that's how they won the game, and that's promising. Would you so say if they can go out there and continue to – if they can go out there and continue to play good D like that while Joe Burrow is resting up and healing up and while they're trying to get this offense into rhythm – they could potentially get back to where they were. Like uh, Josh Allen and the Bills is playing tough. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens had a, a huge letdown. I, I expect them to learn from that. I don't know what we're going to get out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got the Chiefs still out there, uh-huh. right? Like there's some – There's. it's going to be interesting down the stretch. I'm interested how you feel about this because I was actually having this conversation with my dad. We were dabbling back and forth and watching the games. And would you say that it was a – would you say that it was an impressive performance by the Bengals defense or the Rams defense? Because they did hold the the Bengals to, what was it, 16, 19 points. But would you say it was just the lackluster offense or was it more of the defense? Because we were having this debate, was it that the defense was so impressive yeah. or just the offense on both sides were just so bad and lackluster? I, I, I think it's both, right? Like, you know, and this is where you really have to sit down and, and watch the film and dissect it. Um, because a, a really good defense can make an offense look average, right? Mm-hmm. Look at Puka. Puka through two two weeks, twenty five catches, right? The hottest start we've ever seen at the receiver position. Last night he had five. That's a defensive game plan. They know that that's their guy. They know they wanted to get him the ball. They right. targeted him seven times. He had five catches. He still, you know, uh, p- put his fingerprint on the game. Right. But they that that was defense, right? And the Cincinnati Bengals, their defensive coordinator, he 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 is one of the best in the NFL. So I'm not surprised. Um, but also when you look at the game, Matthew Stafford, they missed on some opportunities. They got down to the red zone and they didn't convert. They walked away with field goals, right? Right. So imagine if they actually scored. Score, uh, you know, score six instead of uh, kicking three. You know, it'd be a totally different ball game. And so I think it was a, a little bit of both. But I'm not surprised that the Cincinnati Bengals stood up, right? Because like you got to think about the conversation that they probably had all week. They didn't know that Joe Burrow was going to play until after warmups. Right. It was a, a, a truly a game day game decision. Time decision. Yeah. That's what it was. So defensively, this is when you're like, okay, well, sh- Joe. You rest up. Jamar Chase told him, I don't want you to play. Rest up. Right. So everybody on the defensive side is like, yo, we got to go win the game. And I think that's why we saw that type of outing. You know, I'm not, I'm sure that the defensive coordinator probably slept at the facility the entire week. The defensive players like, yo, we got to go play our best ball. Right. And, and, and that was the outcome. Well, we had another game on the slate. It was a little bit more of a blowout than the game that we're currently talking about. That's the Eagles and the Bucks. The Eagles improved to 3-0. and Now just one of three teams with the Dolphins and the 49ers that are at 3-0. and You hear that, Dallas? Eagles. You said, you right. said who's at 3-0? and Dolphins. 49ers and so and people the didn't ask, you no. hear that right Dallas three and oh you know why because they handled <laughs> business against a team that they should have beaten but I digress um it was raining in Tampa yes right it was it was a, a slippery game Baker Mayfield um went 15 for 25 146 yards one touchdown and then we had on the other side of that Jalen Hurst Jalen Hurts 23 for 37 277 yards one touchdown he was also one of the leading rushers for the game as well, along with Swift and Gainwell. 
And, you know, ESPN couldn't wait to take the whole Kelsey Swift, uh, you know, joke because obviously Travis Kelsey's brother plays. On oh, that's right. I was wondering, like, why did, how, did, why, how did Travis and Kelsey come in? And they have Swift, one of their running mm. backs. So there you go. Kelsey Swift. It, it exists in the Philadelphia oh, Eagles as well. Um, I get it. Listen. Not too much to say about this game. I mean, the Eagles did what the Eagles were supposed to do, and that is beat a team that on paper is less than them. Obviously, mm. things happen, but these are the games that you're supposed to go ahead and stack those wins in the column because the schedule only gets harder. You're only going to face tougher competition. So I I just see this as the Eagles did what the Eagles were supposed to do. I don't have any groundbreaking analysis on this. Well, well, I – I don't have any groundbreaking analysis, but I disagree with that, right? Because, you know, for, for me, yesterday watching, uh, the, looking at this matchup, the Tampa Bay Bucks were sitting at 2-0. And, 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 and what I said yesterday, and this is why I'm disappointed in the Tampa Bay Bucks, I said these are the games where you define yourself. Baker Mayfield has play, been playing really good ball. Mm-hmm. That's unexpected, right? That was unexpected. Coach Bowles is always going to have a great defense. When he was a defensive coordinator, going back to the Miami Dolphins, when he was the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, coach, when he was the head coach for the Jets, right? Even when he was the defensive coordinator of the Super Bowl team uh, for, for Tampa, Tom Brady's here. A lot of people say that Tom Brady was the reason why. No. Do you remember when Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl, who Coach Bowles and that defense ran through? Think about it. They ran through uh, Aaron Rodgers, they ran through Drew Brees, and they ran through Patrick Mahomes to get it done. That was a defense of, of – of, that was a defensive outing. That's what that was. So I don't think anybody should be surprised by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' defense. And the reason why it's disappointing is because Baker Mayfield actually evolved. Baker Mayfield looked really good. And so sitting at 2-0, I wanted to see Tampa Bay go out there and actually – be more competitive. Now, if they would have lost by three or lost by four, no problem. Mm-hmm. But to play this way, to be dominated, you know, I, I'm shocked. And hopefully they rebound there. And, again, midseason form. We don't know who's going to be that dark horse. We don't know what team is going to stand up and, and, and be that, you know, 2006, 2005 Pittsburgh Steelers where they're sitting at 7-5 and five, and then all of a sudden the second half of the season they just put turn it on and they go on this crazy run. We don't know who the Detroit Lions of last year, who this year's Detroit Lions are. So um, the Philadelphia Eagles, DeAndre Swift is the player of the game. Hell, he may need to be in this discussion of – let's put him in there. Too early prediction. Um. Put him in the conversation of Offensive Player of the Year. Mm. Week one, didn't participate. They didn't know what they had. They draft, they traded for him, but I don't know why they didn't use him. Week one, one, one attempt, one rush for three yards. Week two, what did he have? 28 attempts for 175 yards, and last night, 16 for 130. The dude right now is debatable. Who's the best running back in, in the NFL right now? You got to put him up there. The dude looks phenomenal. He looked like he just stepped into his prime. He's back at the crib. You know, he's from Philly. I guess he's feeling good. He eating his Philly cheesesteaks. He couldn't get that in Detroit. <laughs> but the dude looked good. And he was the reason why this goes. What did I say? Like, everybody needs to study. When you have a quarterback that is smart, that shows up and gets it done, just consistent, day after day. And I'm talking about in practice. And then you have guys, dogs outside, and you have a running game. All you got to do is play the numbers. 
if the running game is going, then guess what you got? You got a receiver, A.J. Brown, that can go for, what, 131 yards. Why? Because he's getting one-on-one. You, you have to load the box. So the Philadelphia Eagles, um, they're training in the right direction, and everybody else should be nervous because they look good. They look good. Brandon, the chat wants to know if you're announcing your return to the NFL with the Baltimore Ravens with your outfit today. Oh, man, I'm done. My back hurt. I was doing <laughs> yoga this morning. She had me in, uh, what did she call I forget the pose she had me in. I'm like, my L4, my L5, <laughs> my neck and my back. Yo, <laughs> like, God, damn. that's the only thing that's hurt on my body. Your back? My lower back. Like, yeah, my back, no. And then I be watching the games. I think I said this already. I be watching the games. I'm like, how the hell did I do that? Yeah, it's like an outer body experience, right? It's like, yo, these boys is really hitting out there. I be, I be a high school football game like, ew. Oh, <laughs> I feel I don't want my son to play. I'd be feeling bad for my nephews, but they already had it in them. So they play high school and college ball right now. Whew. Whew. Well, listen, we are going to dive into some more football talk. And this is the this is unfortunate news. Um, the Chargers suffer a major loss, maybe two. Wide receiver Mike Williams suffered a season-ending ACL tear in the team's 28-24 victory over the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. Williams is expected to be ready for training camp next season. This is per Adam Schefter. Now also on the question mark list is Chargers safety Derwin James, who suffered a hamstring injury in the same game. Now head coach Brandon Staley says that the team will know more about his availability just for practice alone in the next 48 hours. So Brandon, I mean, two big names. Obviously, Mike Williams' season-ending ACL injury is just terrible. I feel like these past three weeks, we've been hearing yeah. a lot of injuries to a lot of star players. Derwin James, a big part of that defense. A hamstring injury is a pain in the ass. Once you think that you're in the clear, it's always nagging. It's always there in the back burner. We're talking about that with Cooper Rush. Mm -hmm. The Chargers, they seem to have everything that they needed to be competitive. And if it's not one thing, it's another with this Chargers team. I mean, right. this is very unfortunate news. Well, 100%, uh, they took on the Minnesota Vikings, a struggling Minnesota Vikings, but a talented Minnesota Vikings this past week. And, um, and they got the job done. Mm -hmm. And watching this game, I was really impressed. I felt like, oh, this is a team. That is what starting to get into mid-season form. Sometimes it you, you out the gate you you feel that way as an individual. You feel that way as a player. Um, you feel that way as a team. Sometimes it may take three weeks. Sometimes it may take till mid-season, right? Because the real football season don't start until after Thanksgiving. That's when we really going to see who's who and who the, the real contenders are. So I like what I saw uh, this weekend. It's weird because Justin Herbert, if you look at his numbers and his stats, he's playing phenomenal. His, like, how do you play at this level and be sitting at one and two and barely um, uh, beating the Minnesota Vikings, I who I said is a talented Brandon. team? But the 40 for 47, 405 yards, hey. like three touchdowns, zero interceptions. So, you know, this sucks, but they can overcome Mike Williams going down. They've done it before. Um, obviously, he, he's had some injuries in the past, but Keenan Allen had 18 receptions for 215, 215 yards. He makes everything go on, on that side of the ball. 
uh, they still don't have their running back still in the lineup and get, getting going. So they're they're they missing some pieces. They aren't overcoming anything if Brad, if Brandon Staley is still their head coach. I told you this when we did our way too early predictions. What did yep. I say about the you Chargers? You didn't say that. I said the Chargers are immensely talented. I'm a huge Justin Herbert fan. Not only is he a nice guy, he's almost like the perfect quarterback if yep. you had to build one. Yep. I'm a huge fan of Justin Herbert. I think there's so much talent on this team. Coach Staley is not a good coach. His decision-making is right. suspect. His play calling or whoever, you know, he's working on play calling with is just odd. I don't know what else you need to see from him and what else he needs to do to this team to make them lose in the most asinine of ways to realize he is not the coach that you need to take this team to the next level. So, He's so, just not that guy. I, I I hear you, but listen, 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 Linda, listen, Linda. Can I get that <laughs> listen, Linda, real quick? Can we get that little listen, Linda? He's got to go. He's got to go. We got listen. But we, I have to yell at you guys. Listen, you okay. better listen to me. I'm listening. Go ahead. I came out. I talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm like, man, I'm t- like, I'm from Pittsburgh. I bleed black and yellow. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of being mediocre. We've, we've been celebrating, you know, Coach Tomlin being average. Oh, my goodness. He never lost before. He went 8-7. and seven. <laughs> right? What? The Pittsburgh Steelers. What is it? Dallas Cowboys, Pittsburgh Steelers, mm-hmm. the Patriots. There's a few teams that's up there competing with the most titles ever in the NFL. No, we're here to win championships. Mm-hmm. But the last 10 years... We just been average. So I come out there and I say, you know what? This is the this is the moment. I even picked the game. I picked the game. And the Cleveland Browns is going to be better than the Pittsburgh Steelers. What? Look, you see them the last two weeks? I, last night, I picked the Tampa Bay Bucks. I picked the Rams. Joe Burrow, you kidding me? There's Some people are saying that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback. So what I'm saying to you is this. Sometimes we just rush. We overreact just too fast. And so what you're saying, Ashley, I hear you. I get it. But this could be a team that turns on. I I see these two guys going down. You get Derwin James back, you know, let's say three weeks, four weeks. Hell, even if it's six weeks, they can overcome that. He is a playmaker. He makes things go in practice and on game day. You can overcome Mike Williams. They just drafted a receiver, right? And was it the first round? That that was the guy that you picked to be what? Rookie of the year? Mm-hmm. He ain't even been on our board I yet. Know. Where are you even? <laughs> he ain't even been on Pepsi. I also picked the Broncos. Free sugar. I also picked the Broncos to be a wild card team. Look how that's working out. So that's you know why. What? I'm see, now Way you see too what I'm early predictions. You see what I'm saying? So you <laughs> yeah. you sure? Like Ashley, do you just, are you sure you want to double down on this Charger thing? Because this could turn around and bite you I, later. I if the, I'll tell you right now, if the Chargers are able to turn their season around, which I think that they will, it will be in spite. Of oh, their okay. head coach, okay. it will be strictly okay. on the talent. That's, that's wild that you just no, no, said no. that. It will be. I think that they will, but it's in spite of it their coach. It will be on the talent <laughs> of this team. I do not think that Brandon Staley is the coach that the Chargers need. I don't. I didn't think it last season. I certainly don't think it this season. And whatever this team is going to be able to accomplish will be on the talent that is on that roster. He is not a good coach. Mm. His decision-making is horrendous. Because of the fourth down stuff that he went through two years ago. No, he did it again. (laughs) He did it in the last game. He goes for it on fourth fourth and two, I think, on his own side. It it just – A lot of people did it. Uh, Mike McDaniel did it. 
this weekend. Mike McDaniel was also up 50 points. No, he was not. Not when he did that. He it was, was actually 30. a close game because I was like, what are you doing? Come on, listen. What it, are you doing, coach? He, the, his decision making is horrendous. And what makes it even worse is then he justifies it. He doubles down when in hindsight, it's <sighs> like, bro, come on. You know you shouldn't have done that. I just do not think that he is the team. He is the coach that this team needs to succeed and to go the distance. You know I what I'm going to do? Because I, I, I like I like coach. We had him on inside the NFL, I think it was two years ago. And uh, I've been around him. There's a couple of guys that I played with that's around him. I'm fond of the guy. He, I'm going like, to hit him up and I'm going to bring him on the show. And then I'm going to put you in that fire. What you going to say with Coach, coach Daly, right? Coach Daly zooms in on our show next week. What you going to say to him? I'll tell him, listen, I, I I hear you're a very nice guy. Maybe we can go get drinks sometime, play darts, but I just don't think you should coach this team. That's it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna back. Is that would that I be uncomfortable? Would that be uncomfortable for you to, to go at someone like that? No. <laughs> I mean I, I would I would sugarcoat it. I would say it nicely. Okay, then now I'm talking about you can't. But I would I would still say it. I wouldn't just be like you suck. Like you shouldn't be a coach. That's not what I would say. You know. Brandon Marshall here, Ashley Nicole Moss sitting here on SiriusXM Faction Talk Channel 103. Shout out to everybody um, rocking with us during this hour here on YouTube. Um, Paper route presented by I Am Athlete. Love y'all. We got some regulars in here that just continue to show up every single day. We see you and we thank you. Well, listen, we're going to go from bad news to good news because Jamal Adams is making his NFL return. The Seahawks three-time All-Pro mm-hmm. safety Jamal Adams is making his regular season debut this weekend against the New York Giants. Now, Adams has not played a game since suffering a season-ending torn quad in week one of last season. So it has been 377 days since he has seen a football field. Yeah. Brandon. This is a comeback story in the making. Jamal Adams makes his return. I mean, this is yeah. This is a this is a good sign. This is a good thing. Yeah, this is my dog, right? Like, been fond of him since you know we drafted him in in New York with the Jets. I didn't get an opportunity to play with him. Um, I think he came in maybe the year a year later. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, man, I I love him when it comes to his who he is as a person, but also on the field. This is his competitive spirit. There. I mean, this is like Brian Dawkins 2.0, mm. right? Ooh, that's a and, and, and yeah, like just the energy every single day, and just the tenacity, and just you know uh, the 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 power in his pads. And so I, I'm 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 nervous for him because you're coming off of a big injury, and in the last few years you've been banged up, and we've seen this before. Just don't be too high. You know, obviously you're not you're not going to be low because you're excited to come back. But look at Odell, Odell for week one crying. You know, oh my goodness, it's so you're such it's, it's, you're so emotional in this state because everything that it took in the last three hundred something days to get back to this point. Right. But when you come up so revved up and you got all the the you know you you're, you're social ready and all of that stuff, and then you get hurt again or you might not play well. Now you got to deal with that. So you know, I'm not I'm just nervous because. I don't know what Jamal Adams we're going to get. Well, let's address that elephant in the room. I mean, 377 days away from the game is a long time. That's Um, right. You know, we've seen injuries and and we've seen, you know, I I go back to, I'm going to basketball comparison right now because it's the first one that comes to my mind. I mean, Clay Thompson, you know, when he returned from his injury, he was not the same player. It took him a whole season to kind of get back into the groove of the Clay Thompson we knew. And some will say he's not even there anymore. Like, he's a different version of himself. So 
377 days away from the game, your first game back, I mean, mentally, what are you going through? Physically, what is your body going through? Well, look, it's, it's all of that, right? Like, I'm on his uh, his Instagram right now. And this is someone that I've, can, I've stayed in contact with over the last year, right? Like, just checking on him. Mm-hmm. You know, yo, are you okay? How you feeling? Still sending love, right? Because people forget about you when you're laying on that table and you're in a treatment room. And so when you look at his page right now, 23 hours ago, he posts uh, a picture of Scarface. And then the next post was him back on the field, right, doing his Jamal intense little celebration. And then, you know, an hour later, he's posting post-surgery picture of his knee with the staple still in it, right? So right now, it's like this crescendo effect that's happening where he's just like, I just can't wait to run out that tunnel. Mm-hmm. He's curating everything from what car he's going to drive, his outfit, and you know he's super fly. He's top five in my book, not just in football, but in football and basketball. So he's thinking about that. He's thinking about what dance he's going to do. He's thinking about what photographer, videographer is going to capture his content. He's thinking about is he going to look at the fans when he roll out? Am I doing? Am I going to be super excited or going to come out very poised? You're thinking about a lot, Ashley, right? That's what's going through his head. 300-something <laughs> days. Like, you got to think about it. This is my livelihood. I get paid when my body feels good. So for him to be on ice for a year, that's tough. That's tough. I remember just being down for four months in the offseason, not even playing any games, and I just didn't feel right. And I told this story before. I was like, damn, you know, am I going to bounce back? What type of player am I going to be? And I just put on my headphones. My hip is hurting. And all I could think about is go run. And I ran farther uh, than I've ever ran before. Like, we're mm-hmm. talking about miles, right? And so I'll, I'll, I bring that up because I remember the, 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 the pain and, like, the, the, you know, the anxiety that I felt in that moment. Just, like, getting up every morning, got to go see the physical therapist. Ooh, ow, yeah, right there. Do this little exercise. It's very slow process. Athletes, we're used to going out there, bench press, bench press, sprint, right? No pain, no gain. And now you got to go and you got to do this shit. <laughs> like, what? What is this? You got to do this for six months, right? Let's say this is his hip, right? Like, you know, or his leg. With this, I'm working on the shoulder injury. I got to do this for six months. Just this. This, this. Like, what is this? How's this going to get me better? Hey, pick up the marbles. <laughs> what? <laughs> you got to start from scratch. We pick up the marbles. Why? Because you just got to learn how to use your fingers again or your toes. Like, man, that's woo, that's tough. Well, listen, we will see when the Giants and the Seahawks face off on Sunday what version of Jamal Adams we will get. But I'm sure he's going to be ecstatic to be stepping back onto that football field. Um, we're going to go ahead and switch gears a little bit. Michael Parsons, outside of being dominant at his position, he also is dabbling in the podcast game. Now, he has a podcast, more of like a live stream, I feel like, with, with Bleacher Report. And it's safe to say that Micah is a big fan of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, so much so that he wants his NFL peers to follow suit, step up their game, and shoot their shot, saying, quote, City Boys is up. I challenge all my other NFL guys, start shooting from deep. Listen to this. Mm. Damn, you shot from deep and you score. You Stephen Curry, my brother. You might be the new Steph of football. That's dope. I can't even lie. 
I think I want to see someone shoot at somebody else. The NFL, we up right now. City Boys is up. Hey, I challenge all my other NFL guys, start shooting from deep. Shoot from deep. Let's see if someone can get somebody like, I don't know. Oh, I got to think about this. We got to start shooting, brother. I, I am publicly shooting, you know. Zendaya, shoot at Zendaya, something. We got to start going, brothers. Uh, I think Traff set the standard for this. Uh <laughs> He also, he also had a tweet because uh, it has been reported that Travis Kelsey merchandise has seen a 400% increase hey, on man. Fanatics since Sunday. He's currently the number two overall seller in the NFL shop, and he has overtaken Patrick Mahomes' jersey sales on the Chiefs site. So Michael Parsons had this That's to say weird. about that news. He basically said that one woman can change your life, fellas. So, um, yeah, my brothers, one woman can change your life. Start shooting. Um, yeah, listen, so uh, Travis Kelsey also gained 300,000-plus social media followers in the last 24 hours since the news of him and Taylor Swift went public. Listen, Taylor Swift <laughs> has a move the needle in a way that only the other person that probably is up there is Beyonce. I mean, she moves the needle in ways that is absolutely insane. There have been stories of her helping to sway presidential elections. I mean, she campaigned for Joe Biden. Right. And had voting booths set up at her concerts. I mean, I this like is... Listen. Some people may be dissing Travis Kelsey, you know, because people, you know, look at, you know, just the physical appearance yeah. of women and try to just, you know, reduce women to just their physical appearance. And like we said yesterday, you may find his ex physically more attractive than right. Taylor Swift, which is totally fine. But I mean, he definitely didn't downgrade. You know what I mean? So this is this is insane. Listen. Hold on, what are you, Keon over there saying what? Like what? what? I wouldn't say it's a Keon. So Keon, come here as a man. Come here and share your perspective oh on this. Because I feel like we have a lot of men just focusing on the physical. I mean, you said this is not a downgrade. Why do you feel like that? This is not a downgrade. I just feel like he made the best decision for him and his uh life like, <laughs> yo, like you know like ayo hey, taylor swift is bringing something to the table so <laughs> it ain't all about that listen listen you know when i first you know um how i discovered travis kelsey and probably a lot of us right because this dude was a basketball player this dude you know learned how to be a tight end for real okay um but when he starts scoring touchdowns early in his career his moves Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, ain't, no one was dancing like Travis Kelsey. He continues to have the best moves, right? I like the move. It's strategic. He is winning in all areas. We talk about going from Super Bowl. I love what they did. It, it was just like the perfect – it's the perfect storm. It's the perfect moment. The moment he goes to the Super Bowl. His brother is in the Super Bowl. His mom, all the content around his mom. She sat in the booth with us. Didn't you go to the... We were at the game. We are in the commissioner's booth. Wasn't his mom sitting in the same yeah, booth the as us? Yeah, jersey. Yeah, she was right there. So, like, that... And then how he parlayed that into, like, I don't know how many deals he has right now. It seems like every other commercial you see, Travis Kelsey or Ryan Fitzpatrick, they are getting to the money. Where's the black guys? 
Just I'm just thinking about that. Like, where are the black guys? But anyways, and now this, he's been single for some time, and he does this. This is a big move. This is a big catch for him. His prop is it his biggest catch ever? Could it be? It depends. If he if they get if they get engaged and get married, this could potentially go down as his biggest catch ever. And that's any catch. That's you could throw the catches in the Super Bowl. The catches that got the NFL scouts' attention to say, we need to take a look at this little basketball player. This could be a huge catch. And then, Ashley, think about this. Who's the bigger star on the Chiefs right now? Is it Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes? Ooh. Oh, my Ooh. God. We're going to bring him on the show next week. How about that? I'm trying to, I've been trying to save it. Should we bring him on the show next week or should we wait in like a couple more weeks? What should we do? Next week? Next week? All right, we're going to bring him on next Monday. We're going to gun for next Monday. But who's the bigger star, Ashley? Um, I'm right now, probably Travis Kelsey. It ain't even close. I mean. <laughs> it ain't even close. Jesus. Okay. Well, that, boy got a, that boy, he ain't got a Swifty. He got Swift. <laughs> that boy, he Swift. That boy. Hey, Travis. That boy, Travis. Yo. This what I will say, though, in all seriousness, I, I hope that, you know, his ex-girlfriend sending her positivity. It's got to be it's got to be hard. Just the she's trending constantly in the comparisons really? of her and Taylor Swift. The Swifties are just, you know, you know, they're oh. an insane fan base. It's got to be tough. It's got to be, you know, just a difficult position to be put in. Um, you know, you didn't ask to be put into this position. You're just kind of. You're being the subject of, of tabloids, of blogs, of comparisons. You know, it's just, Guess it's got to be tough. So Guess I don't wish though? that on anyone. G give me three uh, amazing, ba like, top bachelors right now. I don't know. Just, just name three bachelors. Just give me three. Just, all right, who, who, who does everyone like? Just name a few people that potentially could be single. Um, Michael B. Jordan. Okay, who else? Um, uh, Drake. Drake, okay. Okay, future. Mm. Uh, that little toxic. If you want some little toxic love, I you look. Said, I thought you said. Go one up them. Go one up them. Go get them. Go one up them. <laughs> go get Drake. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. Drake. Now Drake. Oh my god. <laughs> what are we doing? Well. She's okay. Now you pop out. <laughs> Ashley over here. Well, just positivity has been a year. Drake. Oh my God! <laughs> he you said eligible. I didn't. I don't put Drake in that category. Michael B. Jordan. Everybody sure, loves Michael not Drake B. Jordan. And Future. I don't know. I couldn't think of anybody but Drake. <laughs> well, listen. You said not Future. Future. He might be getting it right. He might be doing yoga too. <laughs> You'll see Future doing yoga. Man. Okay. Well, listen. Speaking of Michael Parsons, <laughs> when speaking about Dallas's game against Arizona, Drake. also on his podcast, he spoke about putting QB Josh Dobbs on a bulletin board and throwing darts at him. Well, Josh Dobbs had some fun with that remark, and here's the video. Josh Dobbs, I'm putting him on a bulletin board. I'm throwing darts at him. <laughs> what he doing? Can we replay that? Because oh. Brandon wasn't paying attention. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Can replay we, can we, we can hit we... a replay on that? Some volume, too? Man, what just Josh happened? Josh Dobbs, I'm putting him on a bulletin board. I'm throwing darts at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cards. 
<laughs> Yo, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> Listen, a little bit of a, a little bit of character from Josh Jobs. I think people think, you know, he's so smart, so intelligent. You know, he has a degree in like aerospace engineering right. or something like that. We don't really get to see his personality as much as maybe some other QBs because he's been kind of moved around a lot since he was in the league, but he's having his moment in Arizona. So that was kind of cool to see Yo, him showing some character. He's dodging that, darts. <laughs> that genuinely made me happy. Can we play that one more time? I'm so glad <laughs> you put that in the show. That was amazing. One more time, please. Josh Dodds, I'm putting him on a bulletin board. I'm throwing darts at him. I love, I love that he didn't even say anything. He's ducking the dark. Yeah, yeah, I love that he didn't even say. There was some more beef out there too. I don't know if you saw that, Ashley, but like Jerry Judy, right? Like he said the same thing. Bro, don't text me for a week to uh, his ex teammate, mm -hmm. um, Tua Tonga Valoa. Right? They played this past mm -hmm. Sunday. They put the seventy piece on him, mm -hmm. and he went out there publicly. He was like, "Bro, don't text me till, don't text me for a week. Don't call me. Don't text me." I love this. I. This is the power of like this social media, <clears throat> this digital boom, right? Like now we're starting to see our athletes, their real personality. Mm -hmm. You know, it feels like this is the, it's been happening for years, but like this generation is pretty cool because for so long, you know, institutionalized, say the right thing, don't rock the boat, right? Even Justin Fields, like I, di I do think he could have handled it differently, but think about it. This is why we don't get the real athlete. Justin, what do you think is the problem? Why is the offensive the offense struggling or, or starting slow? Some coaching. And then boom. For three days, the whole sports world is talking about it. Coaches, former coaches, coaches, athletes, former athletes, da 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 da. He can't do this. And then what he do, right? Immediately. Oh, retreat, retreat, retreat. I need to have another press conference. I take that back. I take that back. And so now what is he going to do moving forward? He's just going to be buttoned up. He ain't going to say nothing. Yeah, that's on me. I just got to uh, make the right decisions. And, um, you know, me being a leader, this is how athletes talk. All right. When you win, deflect. Yeah, we won, but that was the offensive line. Uh, the wide receivers played great. You know, coaches did phenomenal. All right. I, I mean, it was just such a team effort. Uh, when you lose, what do you do? That's on me. You know, that's on me and the leaders in this locker room. We got to do a better job. That's what y'all getting from y'all athletes, right? So I love this, Ashley, um, seeing, you know, our guys have these podcasts, Micah Parsons, even Vaughn Miller. There's so many other football players doing it. And then, you know, like Dobbs, seeing that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't see that. That was awesome. Yeah, that was that was really funny. Moving on to something that's not so funny, the ball don't lie. Listen, Jet CB Sauce Gardner spoke to the media. We spoke about this on yesterday's show. Following the team's game against the Patriots, he shared that QB Mac Jones hit him in the, quote, private parts. Well, now, per Diana Rossini, a video of a with a clearer image of the incident has been sent to the NFL offices. Take a look at this. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, 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 yo, yo. So, I thought they was at the bottom of the scrum. <laughs> yo. Ashley. Do you want to play this again or I mean, analyze I, it one more time? What okay. you think? What did, was that like a, was that a it, love tap? That like a little love tap. It <laughs> looks a, yeah, it looks a little. Oh, man. I thought they was, oh, no, man. No, it just looks like he. Yeah, tapped him in the, yeah, just tapped him. 
Um, so he just tapped him. You, <laughs> he just tapped him. So you yesterday <laughs> were telling this when 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 we were talking about do it again, about Ashley. This, what they do? Just <laughs> we, you yesterday when when Wait, hold, hold on. What did Trump say? What did Trump say? Well, we're not gonna what repeat that say? one. What did he say though? He, he did. It was a different body part. What did he say though? He said, "Grab him by the." Oh my yes. goodness, that's what that looked different, like. Different, different, different body part. <laughs> um, yesterday when we had this conversation. We assumed because of the video that we initially saw that mm -hmm. it happened at the bottom of the, the pile. And you even said, listen, that happens sometimes when you're down there. But this is Mac Jones got up and tapped him in his family yeah. jewels. I yeah. mean, does that change your stance on? No, I mean, you see that all the time. Like, well, oh, now you see that all the time. No, what I'm saying in oh. sports, like in basketball, I used to play for um, Atlanta Celtics and Team Nike. And so, like, our Atlanta Celtics team was real ratchet, right? Like, mm -hmm. straight, 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 straight ratchet. And uh, they used to do this thing called nut check. They. Oh, they used to do that when I was in school. No, but, yeah, so, like, you'd be running down the court. Or the hallway. A, wow. You yeah. saw the dude from Duke. What was the, the basketball player, the white kid, Grayson? Wasn't he doing nut checks Grayson and stuff? Grayson Allen, yeah. So that's was. what I'm saying. In sports, you, you see it. But when you do – remember what happened to Grayson? Grayson was just – he's Mac Jones. You're not in that category. In the NBA, Grayson, yeah. Mac Jones, Donald Trump, you're all in the same category. This is a part of your, your, your history, your legacy forever. You are a nut checker. You're a nut checker. So now guys are going to be weary of you. Well, Mac Jones has garnered a reputation for being a little bit of a dirty player. That's something of a, a consensus um, amongst the league. Now, it's no – there is no word yet if the NFL plans on issuing any type of disciplinary action towards Jones. This is like again, have like I said, has been sent to the NFL offices. So he gonna no get word fine, big fine. What the NFL is gonna do with this just you know yet? What? So they need to find him, but they need to think about generations, okay? Because I talked about this and I went, I went, I went, I went totally in on uh, Ryan Clark, right? I was like, I, you know, the brotherhood, the fraternity, you know, like you got to protect each other. You still got to protect each other. You know, no no cheap shots, right? And so I said that because, like, a Nick Chubbs, now I'm thinking about his kids' kids, right? So right now, Mac Jones, he hurt in Sauce Gardner's kids' kids. You can't do this. So you got to find him not only be the damage that he's doing to Sauce Gardner, but you got to find him for his kids' kids. So I can see this. If I'm the commissioner, I'm slapping him with a $120,000 fine. And I'm saying I'm, I'm – you know, 40 of it's going to go to what you did to Sauce. That's the standard. But now I'm thinking about all the kids' kids that Sauce Gardner can have. And I got to hit you for that, bro, because you, you you can't be doing this. I, like, again, I'm putting them in that same category. Mac Jones, Grayson. What's his name? Grayson what? Allen. Grayson Allen and Donald Trump. All y'all need to be fine. All right. Well, listen, we will keep an eye on this to see what the NFL does mm, mm, with the, mm. about the situation if they do anything at all. Somebody said cups. Nobody wear cups in the NFL anymore. We just stop wearing cups. Well, no, that's not true. That's not true. But that's a little awkward. You see somebody putting a cup. Yeah, nobody wearing cups when you're in Little League. You know what a cup is? Um, I okay. know what a cup is. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Listen. We're going to dive into some basketball news real quick because Dame time might be Canadian time. Per ESPN Mark per, per ESPN's Mark Spears, the Toronto Raptors have entered the week as the front runners to land Damian Lillard. Now, 
It's interesting because it's been no secret of Damian Lillard's desire to take his talents to South Beach and Portland's unwillingness thus far to honor that request. But that apparently hasn't stopped Miami from trying. So we're going to go ahead and play this video first of Mark Spears' report about Dane possibly ending up in Toronto. Listen mm. to this. Well, everybody's waiting about Miami Heat and South Beach, and it's just everything I'm hearing is really, really quiet there, right? And Blazers are continuing to talk to other teams where I've heard the likes of Chicago and Milwaukee and, and even Philadelphia, and even though Chicago thing's kind of waning a little bit. But the, the hottest name that I'm hearing right now is of, of interest is the Toronto Raptors, actually. Um, talked to two really high-ranking team executives today, and they said that Toronto's a front-runner, and they wouldn't expect, uh, wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in the six. Uh, you know, right now though, there is no trade imminent. Yep. There's, there's nothing hot, but I do know that the Toronto is our interested suitor. Uh, they've they've had several conversations with the Blazers, and you know, Masai Ujiri, his history. He's not afraid of doing such deals. I mean, the expectation is that Dame wants to be in Miami and, you know, could he go somewhere else? But if he does go to Toronto, I mean, Masai did this in 2018 with Kawhi Leonard. Yes. Getting him from the San Antonio Spurs, uh, convincing him ultimately that this would be a good place for that season. And the Raptors won their lone championship. And Kawhi moved on to the Clippers. But with Dame, you got a guy that's got three years left on his deal. He's known to be a professional. I know he would show up. I know he would play. Would he like being in Toronto? I think you're going to have to get Drake to get in his ear a little bit, be sure. an ambassador that he is. Toronto's a great city. Um, Masai would surely be uh, rolling the dice here if he could get this to happen. Yep. But right now, it's really, really quiet, and people are talking the most about uh, Toronto this is sneaking very, in very interesting because, like I said, Damian Lillard has made no secret, whether directly or indirectly, of his desire to take his talents to South Beach. And Toronto is no Miami. So that is going to be interesting. And also, listen, Dame has made it clear he wants to go someplace where he can win a chip. Now, the Miami Heat apparently offered a trade package that included Tyler Hero and two first-round draft picks for Damian Lillard to Portland. Obviously, Portland did not bite on that package, but Tyler Hero did because he actually liked this tweet mm -hmm. on Twitter or X, and it just adds to more of the speculation that things are rocky between Tyler Hero and the Miami Heat organization. Um, Brandon, this is interesting. <laughs> now, Mark Spears did say there's nothing hot. This is all speculation. No trade or anything right. is on the horizon. I personally think that if, if now again, Damian Lillard, unlike Bradley Beal, does not have a trade clause. So he cannot dictate where he is traded to. You, The unspoken rule in the NBA is that when a superstar has made a request, the organization does everything in their power to adhere to that request. That has not been the case in this Portland Damian Lillard saga. They've dragged their feet on trading him, maybe because they don't see a trade package on the horizon or have not been presented with a trade package that they feel is worthy of Damian Lillard. They're not going to get a return on their investment. Um, but this is interesting because if Dame is traded to Toronto, which is it could be a possibility, he can't stop the mm -hmm. trade. He can refuse to play for them or he can retire and then come back. But right. I mean, what do you what do you think happens in this situation? I think what Dame wants, Dame gets. Uh 
And like I always say in these situations, is he willing to get uncomfortable, right? He's 33 years of age. He's, he was drafted in 2012. So what is this, like his 12th, 13th year in the NBA? Um, you know, you just talked about the superstar uh, uh, treatment that the NBA players get. I request to be traded. You know, are you going to respect that? Uh, to, to, to me, it's just simple. It's like, and, and I can't fully uh, speak on this with, uh, with certainty and extreme confidence, right? Because I'm not an NBA player. I haven't been in that type of uh, business. But like, all he got to do is say, I don't, I don't want to play for you. You know, like the Cleveland Browns call. I'm not playing for the Cleveland Browns. Josh McCown, Brandon, let me pull you to the side. Like, you know, mm. let's spend an hour. Let me convince you. Tell your general manager and your owner, I do don't, I don't want to play for the Cleveland Browns. I'm not coming. What well, are going to offer you three more million dollars a year? I don't want it. Right? Why would you draft? Why would you trade for somebody that doesn't want you? It's like relationships. That makes no sense. Now, what is interesting, Ashley, is Messiah and the Kawhi situation. Right? Mm -hmm. We knew that Kawhi wanted to get to what? Back home to L.A. Mm -hmm. But they didn't do that. They didn't adhere to his demands. They sent them to Toronto. So, and, and But what he said was interesting. He said that he convinced Kawhi just for a year or two. Kawhi stayed, what, two years there? Mm -hmm. And then he went where he wanted to go, back home. So with, Ooh, excuse me. that was very thought-provoking for me because I'm like, yo, Messiah is respected. People love Masai. He does a phenomenal job. Can he convince him to do the same thing? Come over here for a year or two, and let's make that deal, that Daryl Morey deal that uh, that he made with James Harden but reneged on and pissed off James Harden. Right. Right? Can he do that? Will he do that? Did he do that with Kawhi? And can he do this with Dame? Convince Dame, like, yo, just come over for a year or two, then I'll get you to Miami. He could potentially do it. If anybody can do it, he can do it. But if I'm Dame Lillard, Ashley, mm -hmm. I'm si I'm 33. Like I just want like I don't know how many more years I can average 32 points. I don't know how many more years I can be Dame time. I want to go where I want to go right now. It's gonna be interesting because Dame is made like I said made no secret that he wants to go to Miami. One because he has a relationship already with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, but also because they are a team in the East that is primed to go ahead and win. You know, they'll go back, they'll go make right. a run in the playoffs. They can possibly go back to the conference finals, maybe even the finals. This is a team that he would just be adding to what the foundation, what the culture already is. Going to Toronto is a step backwards for him, even a step backwards from Portland because <laughs> Toronto is in a space where they're rebuilding. Right. They have a lot of young talent, but they're not nearly what they were when Kawhi Leonard was there and Kyle Lowry was there. So that's for Dame is going to be a step below even Portland. For that matter, he might as well just stay in Portland. It'd be no different if they tried to trade him to Brooklyn. He might as well just stay where he is. It's right. the same kind of a team. So I agree. It's going to be interesting what Dame's move is because it serves him no purpose to go to Toronto. There's absolutely nothing that Toronto can do for him Let me... that adheres to what his desires allegedly are, and that is to win. Right Now... Miami's in a situation, though, as well, because Miami, you know, Pat Riley is not somebody who is easily manipulated and easily swayed. He's not mm -hmm. going to be bullied. And I know that, you know, Portland thinks that all the cards are in their favor. And in a sense that there are, because at the end of the day, you don't have to trade Damian Lillard. Right, right. You know, it's come out, you know, his agent has said that he won't not play for Portland if he's traded. 
he won't obviously be happy about it, but yeah. he's not going to not show up. He will still play. Dame's a baller. He's going to show up. Miami is not going to over is not going to overcompensate to get Damian Lillard because there was a report that came out that Pat Riley said, "Look, I think we can win with our roster. We don't need Dame. We want him, but we don't need him. And right. when you don't need something, Smart. your lack of de- your desperation is not necessarily the there. Leverage. So they're at a standstill right now. Portland wants what Portland wants. Pat Riley's like, I'm giving you what you're going to get, and you're yeah. not getting more out of that than me. So I, we're at a standoff here. I want Dame Lillard to double down on what he wants. Um, Get uncomfortable. James Harden did it. You know what I'm saying? You can do it. Um, I don't want Dame Lillard to play the game and – you know, say, okay, yeah, I got to get trade over here, so I'm going to go play over there. I want Dame Lillard to stand up and say, I want it again, I want to go to Miami, and that's that's it. And I want out of here. Seven-time NBA All-Star, All-NBA First Team, 2018. Four-time All-NBA Second Team. Two-time All-NBA Third Team. NBA Rookie of the Year. NBA All-Rookie First Team. NBA 75th Anniversary Team. NBA Teammate of the Year. NBA three-point contest champion 2023 recently. Third team All-American. And you go, like, we ain't going to go to college. But I'm saying all that because he did all of that in that uniform in Portland. Come on, man. Portland ownership. Respect the man. He did all of that. He stayed loyal. We celebrated Dame and you guys for being able to stay together this long. But y'all not going to get it done. Don't you want somebody that you love? That someone has their jersey's gonna be hung in a rafter. Don't you want that person to say, you know what? If 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 hair's not right, I want the next place to be right for you. And so we're gonna let you go. Release him. I think Shannon Sharp just said something on his podcast where he's like, you know, there was this lady who said, I'm just not happy. And he said, There's no bars on, on, on our on these doors, on these windows. You you can come in, you can leave, right? If if happier is somewhere else, let's do that. Because you, you love that person. Come on, Portland, let this man go. Like, come on. Listen, we will see what happens. Training camp starts in just two and a half weeks for some teams. October 3rd through the 5th are, are the days that teams are going to be reporting. When is it? October 3rd through the 5th is when teams are going to be reporting. Vets, I believe, report on October 3rd. So Don't go, Dan. Training camp, all that is underway. Um, it's We're going to see... You know, who's ready, who's not, but we're also going to see what the hell is going on with Damon Lillard and Portland mm. sooner rather than later. So, The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to go back into football here. And no good deed goes unpunished, apparently, because per NFL insider Justin Cohen, multiple NFL owners felt that Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel running up the score on the Broncos was, quote, disrespectful to the game of football. Now, if you remember, the head coach, Mike McDaniel, did decide against kicking a field goal for the NFL record of most points in a game, in addition to pulling out his starters in the second half. So he mercy ruled them not once, but twice. But apparently it was still disrespectful that he dropped or the Dolphins dropped 70 points on the Denver Broncos in the eyes of NFL owners. Brandon? This is wild to sounds me. Sounds like somebody's a little, sounds like someone's a little sensitive. I don't know. This is wild to this me. this was football. This, this is really wild to me. The NFL owners have a heart? I oh, mean, my goodness. They pick and choose when they want to be sensitive. <laughs> the NFL owners pick and choose when they want to have a heart. Y'all don't got a heart when 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 y'all running backs ain't you know sitting at the table and they due for uh, an extension and a new contract. Y'all ain't got no heart then. Y'all ain't got no y'all ain't had no heart, man. Let me stop. But my thing is, is like, okay, here, let's 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 let's. Do I, this. I don't get it. Come on, ain't no like. Let's be for real. You ain't got no heart. Nobody let they. <laughs> If you don't want them to drop 70 on you, then stop them. Right. Like, right. it's very, it's a very simple, it, like, right. solution. If you don't want 70 dropped on your head, do something to prevent that from happening. Was he wow. supposed to just stop playing the game once they scored 30? Say, okay, right. that's enough points, everybody. No, nobody score and, and, anymore. And, and, but here's the thing, too. Snap the ball, but make sure you don't just throw up. it out of bounds. Make sure you just don't do anything because these guys are going to be upset if we go past 50. Like, what the hell? Are Keep, we playing football or are we playing a charity game? Like, I'm confused. Like, if you don't want me to beat you, then stop me. Like, what are we doing? All right, keep I going, pulled, Ashley. Keep going while I'm I, pulling up this this, this box score. This I game. pulled my starters out of the game early in the second half, so I put the B unit out there, and then I mercyed you. I took a knee when a record was on the line. I said, "Listen, we don't play for that. We're not going to do that. If it happened organically, it happened organically. I'm not going to stick the knife in and twist it a little bit so, more. I'm not going to do that. What more do you want from okay, me?" Okay, so so, <laughs> like, so 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 look, Ashley, right? They had 350 yards in rushing. What does that mean? They went into their four-minute offense, four-minute mode. Okay, guys, I know we all are experts here, but come on. Y'all remember, y'all know what four-minute offense is. Four-minute offense is we are in control of this game, and if we, we don't need to risk anything. We don't need to go past the ball. We don't even want no fumble. So running backs, like, run very, 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 very protected, okay? They're in four-minute mode. You know they're running the ball. Mm -hmm. 350 yards on the ground? That's on them. That's on the Denver Broncos. 
Like he, that's giving up. We're we're done. Okay, the game's over. We're ready to celebrate. He's ready to go hit his little uh vape. You know, he liked the vape, Coach McDaniel. So he's thinking about the vape that he going to hit as soon as he get in the tunnel. You know, you got other dudes thinking about where club, where strip club they going to. Now, okay, B team go in and just run the ball. We're running. We're going to try to. We're ready to get out of here. Just, let's run the clock. And y'all let them gas you. <laughs> 40 yards here, 50 yards there, you know what's happening. So they're absolutely wrong, Ashley, for um, coming down on uh, McDaniel because they, if they watched the game, then they knew that he went into four-minute mode early. Then he put in his B team, and that's on the Denver Broncos. And Think about it. You, hold, and this, basically, and basically, this is what I'm saying, Ashley. If you're 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 the running back, mm -hmm. you're uh, in all in all, and we're we're going to highlight this gentleman, Devon. A, can, a candy, like he's up for uh, Pepsi, Free Sugar Rookie of the Week, right? So we'll highlight him later. Uh, but he went had 18 carries, 203 yards. So if I give you the ball, you're here, you're him, D.A., because I, I don't know how to say his name. Mm -hmm. You, D.A., here you go, D.A., boom. Wide open. Do you run and stop or do you <laughs> keep going? You're expecting somebody to hit you. You're expecting somebody right. to beat it. What do you right. do at the, at the, as a running back? I would just keep running. Right. And that's what was happening. That's how they <laughs> got there. My thing is, is I'm going to go ahead and twist this scenario around. Like, I know, you know. I'm going to go to the bathroom while you're doing this to scenario. The, to the NFL owners who think that it was disrespectful for the Dolphins to run up the score, I'm going to one-up you. And I think it was disrespectful that the Broncos let them run up the score. How about that? I think it's disrespectful that as an NFL player, a professional, we're not talking about high school. We're not even talking college where I can make an excuse because we do see scores like this in college sometimes, especially when, like, those top 25 programs will will play a, a, a non-ranked program just for the money or whatever the case may be. We've seen that early in the season. I think it's disrespectful that as a professional football player, as a professional football team, that you allow your opponent to put 70 points on your head. I think that's disrespectful. I think that should be the conversation because what the actual hell? Do you not have any pride? I'm just confused on why the team that showed up to play the game, the team that showed up to go ahead and win the game, is getting bashed in a, in a, in a business that's supposed to be about wins and losses. Is it wins and losses within a certain margin? I'm confused. If they only beat them by 25, would it have been better? Is it because it was a drastic 50-point deficit? I don't really understand what the issue is. I thought that the point of football, we play to win the game. Isn't we that what they say? To win. We play to win Ashley, the game. Ashley, like, what are we doing? Ashley, um, first off, that was the longest. <laughs> I needed you were in the, the you were in the bathroom. That was a long. Oh, yo, Ashley can go. I, she can keep going. Like, I, this no, is I, easy I was actually kind of like running out of breath. You so were I'm like, I'm glad you came back. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, Brandon, like, hurry up. <laughs> no, the listen, uh, NFL owners, you're you're dead ass wrong when it comes to trying to uh, chastise Coach Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins. Um, you are NFL owners. You should know the game. You know, four-minute mode, uh, they went into four-minute mode extremely early in the third corner, which is kind of unheard of uh, at this level. Um, they also, um, you know, um, put in their B team. And so what are they supposed to do when 
the 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 Red Sea uh, the, uh, 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 just opens wide up. What are the running backs supposed to do? What is this rookie supposed to do? Is he supposed to go into the other situational football category, which is no score? So no score is this. At the end of the game, we're talking about seconds left. You run. You get close. You can score. Don't score. Are they supposed to do that in the third quarter? Are they supposed to do that in the fourth quarter with 15 minutes to go? You want them to go into no score mode? <laughs> like, they're, that's that's giving up. That's like saying, you know what? Respect. The game is over. I'm ready to hit my vape. I'm ready to go, <laughs> you know, go, you know, eat with my family, et cetera, et cetera. So we're just going to run the ball out. Run the ball. That's what we're going to do. I don't know what they want from Coach McDaniel. McDaniel, you're good, bro. Keep balling. Somebody said B Marsh came back too fast. He definitely didn't wash his hands. Did you wash your hands? Hey, let me get that. Um, oh, come on, Brandon. Let me get that uh, hand sanitizer. <laughs> let me get that. We ain't no hand sanitizer. Maybe Brandon, we have some. I don't you think there's nothing over hands. there, Keo. I was going to tell you that. You know, I'm always going to keep it real go with you. Go to the bathroom and wash your hands. All right, I'm going to go. Like, is there hand sanitizer over there? Oh, my God. Don't touch me on the way to the bathroom. Like, really? Oh, my gosh. Listen, we are going to one day have a paper route, personal hygiene uh, class. And we're going to teach Brandon what personal hygiene is and how you can apply it to your daily life. Brandon, did you watch it? Don't touch me! <laughs> he comes back, he's wiping his hands on his shorts. Was there no towel in there? Yeah, but, I, you know, yeah, yeah. We, we <laughs> Someone said, do. fam, Brandon, don't touch anything. <laughs> Someone said that boy got the wee-wee hands. <laughs> Why did I ra randomly guess that he didn't wash his hands? Oh, <laughs> he didn't wash explain his... to people why you don't wash your hands like wh where did that start because um I, in the shower playing uh for the denver broncos okay um well going into the shower uh tony scheffler or titan my brother put the camera on, on on brandon i don't, I don't need the <laughs> iso on this there we go <laughs> so uh i'm going like i know he wasn't even a shower thing he went into the bathroom and uh, came out the stall, didn't wash his hand. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? And he looked at me. He said, this is the cleanest thing on my body. And after that, I was like, that was so profound. I said, he's right. How that's that real, right? He, that's real. This is the cleanest thing on my body. How was that the cleanest thing on his body? That's the cleanest let's, thing on my actually, body. Let's actually dissect this first. I did we yoga this morning. We have some time. Let's actually I, dissect I, this I, first. I cleaned second. myself up. Ain't nothing else touching it. Now, if it's if it's six o'clock, I might have a little, you know what I'm saying, a little smell. Like, boy, <laughs> dudes be stank. But right now, it's, it's sitting here at 12.08. I ain't fresh out the shower. I just freshened up. Okay, so <laughs> you, you know did yoga this morning. <laughs> I you freshened did, up after. You didn't shower. You I freshened, freshened up. Freshened up. Bum, You've bum. been moving around. For... for for 30 minutes, I moved around. You've been, it doesn't matter. Sweat in places happens regardless. You've been moving around. Okay. You go to the bathroom. You don't wash your hands before you start using the bathroom. So whatever your hands have been touching is now touching your situation. And I'm supposed to believe I ain't that. Touching. I, 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 you touch surfaces. Whatever on well, that surface is on your hand. And I now what's ever on this. your hand is now on your situation. Now what? I'm allergic to germs. <laughs> I just, I just. You want to, listen, I heard you running Keon, out of breath. I Keon, heard you running out of do breath. Do you wash your I, hands after the bathroom? In 
in public. Yes, okay. Hey, dudes, be honest, I'll man. I'll give you that, though. At I least had to come in, back. At least in, like, is, public. Like. Listen, I, listen, I just literally left you by yourself. Mm -hmm. Think about that. You didn't see my heart. I left you by yourself out here. You're, you're, you go on this beautiful, you know, um, um, what would you call it? This beautiful three-minute spill. Okay. It wasn't three minutes. It was like 35 seconds. And so all I'm thinking about, and this is the one of the longest peas in history. All I'm thinking about, I got to get back out there. Like, I got to go Brent, help my teammate. The bathroom is not that far. I can and hear then, you. So, I was timing it. And, okay. then, <laughs> and, then, and then so, boom, I finished that. Now you want me to spend another? Because, all right, let's talk about it. Okay, if I would have washed my hands. What's how, how do you properly how do you properly wash your hands and how long does it take for you to properly you have wash to your sing hands? Happy birthday twice. Huh? Happy Thank you. Twice. Thank you. So that's another three minutes. That'd have been six minutes. I would have been gone. It's not three minutes. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear dirty hands. Happy birthday. That's like to 30 you. seconds. So and 60 again. seconds total. Like that's a 60 second Sorry. hand wash. Okay. Okay, I could have I could have talked to the chat for six seconds. See, that's seconds. That, that's not that's not the Keons. that's not the black version of Happy Birthday. Okay, we don't do the Stevie what's Wonder the, version. What, what's this? You know the Stevie Wonder one? Happy Birthday to you. Yeah, yeah, we don't do that one. Happy Birthday yeah. to you. Yeah. Happy Birthday. Okay, well we're gonna we're gonna work on Brandon's um hand washing technique at another time. We're gonna go, we're gonna talk about Devonte Adams right now because. He said he isn't going to wait forever. Mm. After the Las Vegas Raiders fell to 1-2 and two following their loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Devontae Adams spoke to the media and made it abundantly clear he wants to win and he doesn't have time to, quote, wait around. He said, I don't got time to just wait around. It's not my mentality to take – it is not my mentality to take all season to figure it out. Mm. Listen to this. I'm act like it's all crazy. It's, you know, it's week three, but – I don't got time to wait around, you know. I mean, that's not a personal thing. I mean, it is a personal thing, but it ain't just about me. But, I mean, it's not my mentality to sit here and try to take all season to figure it out. You use these early games like this to establish our identity, and we're uh, we not doing things the right way to, to establish a winning culture um, early in the season. So we got to do something to, to turn that around. Doing something about it so that when we go out there the next time, it looks different. It's not supposed to just be a week of just talking about shit. We got to go out there and do it. You know, that's that's the that's the theme of this year is doing it, not just talking about it and figuring out what we need to do. We did all that last year. This year we got to be about it. Now this comes off of the announcement from head coach Josh McDaniels that quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is in concussion protocol. So <clears throat> when it rains, it pours in Vegas. Apparently, um, Brandon, this Devontae Adams situation is. Interesting because yeah. listen, we we dissected this a little bit when the first when the move first happened, and you know Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers for whatever reason communication fell through. He wasn't aware of what Aaron Rodgers' decision was going to be with the Green Bay Packers. Right. You know Aaron Rodgers, you know ultimately came back for one more season with the Packers, yep. and Devonte Adams went on to Las Vegas. Some may say that was because he wasn't fully aware of what. Aaron Rodgers was thinking about doing, so right. he made a decision that seemed best for him at the time. Obviously, the situation with the Packers, Aaron Rodgers ends up moving on to the New York Jets. We know how that situation has gone thus far. But Devontae Adams thought at the time he was going to a better situation okay. with the Raiders. It turned out to not be the case. So while you can understand his frustration, 
because maybe, you know, the grass looks greener on the other side at the time. Mm-hmm. If you really dissected and really looked at it, the team was going to be not overly competitive mm-hmm. even when he first made that move. It's much like I kind of relate this in some way to the uh, Damian Lillard situation. Damian Lillard has said something similar. Right. He said, you know, I don't have time to wait forever. But when Damian Lillard decided to sign his deal with the Portland Trailblazers right. after the CJ McCollum era had come to an end and he moved on to New Orleans and the team, you know, was broken up, you bring y- young guys in. Some will say, well, you knew what it was when you signed up. You knew that this team was going to go through growing pains. You knew that this team wasn't going to be an NBA Finals team. It may not even be a conference final team. Hell, there may be some seasons it wasn't even a playoff team. So while you can understand the frustration, you can also say that some of the frustration is self-inflicted. Right. And I feel like there are similarities with this Devontae Adams situation. Right. Um. 100%. 100%. I think he's in a tough spot, Ashley. Tough spot. Yeah, for sure. I think he's in a tough spot because he wanted to uh, go back out to the West Coast. He's from, the from I think, like Northern Cali or somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's close to home. Um, he loves uh, Vegas, right? We had him on the show. I sat down with him one-on-one, and he talked about, you know, his home and just his whole situation with his wife and his Derek kids. And also, Derek Carr was the quarterback at the time. Yeah, that was a that big was reason teammate. why his teammate in college. Mm-hmm. And, but, but, but. I still got the sense that he, you know, was comfortable there from a personal standpoint mm-hmm. in Vegas. And it's a tough spot because personally he's comfortable, but professionally he isn't. And so what I would say to Devontae is, like, look, the personal – like, your your family is going to be okay, right? I would – you only get a – you only get um, – a small window to really enjoy this being in the NFL, right? So I think your family would adapt, right? Like if, you know, you went from Green Bay, you went to Vegas, your family adapted, right? Like it's a, it's an amazing, it's an amazing opportunity for everyone, an amazing experience. Like that's not that, ex, that's not our experience as professional athletes. It's like just to sit in one place for 10, 15, 20 years, right? So if you have to move again, your family will adjust. And in three or four years, you can go back to Vegas, you go back to Cali, lay down your roots, right? I'm not saying leave your family. I'm saying take your family with you, but they will adjust to that. Uh, Ash, I'm looking at the all the NFL teams, right? And this is what I was doing when you were talking about Dane, all right? There's two teams that stand out. Like, okay, if he was to move on before this October whatever trade deadline, where can he go? Mm-hmm. Buffalo, but they're playing really good ball right now since week one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know their cap situation. I don't know what they can do here. But Buffalo, if I'm Buffalo – like I'm looking like, yo, we got, we're back on track. We quickly got back on track. Remember, Josh Allen was like this Monday Night Football. What was he like this? You know, Stephon Diggs was looking at him. And he like, yo, uh, uh, what, what's going on? Like, they're in the headlights. Got back on track. This could be really good. Y'all could be contenders, mm-hmm. right? And then the other team that's – it would be impossible. But I'm like, damn, what could the Kansas City Chiefs give up to get them? But that same division, and we rarely seen that happen. I don't know. Maybe we've seen that like a handful of times in the history of the NBA. I mean, NFL trading within a division. So those are the only two teams that I see. You know what makes sense for him, right? In this, in this, in this phase of his career. Well, I mean, listen. I know that you are not a fan of of um, head coach Josh, Josh McDaniel. Um, but yeah. I mean, the Raiders just don't look good 
Um, and obviously the news of Jimmy Garoppolo being in concussion protocol, you know, people have what they say, you know, people have their opinions about Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I say he does just enough to win games. Obviously they haven't been winning games. They're one and two right now. Um, but if you're Devonte Adams and, and you say, "Listen, I just don't have the time to wait around," what does that right. necessarily mean to you? What's that timetable look like? Well, because yeah, that's why I said that you know, because um, there's other situations out there, but you know, he's saying I don't have time to wait around, you know. But there's other teams that need wide receivers, but you're not going to go there and maybe win. You know what I'm saying? Like it, what I what I what I'm taking from him is like, yo, I'm in this space of my career where I, I know I have a few more years left at this high level. And I want to potentially, I want to win a Super Bowl. I want that, right? He has his money, you know. He has his legacy is kind of set, right? He's going to go down as one of the best receivers ever to play the game. We know that. So, like, what's next? It's Super Bowl. Who's going to give that to you? You know, Atlanta Falcons, right? Who? Where, I mean, where else? Ashley, like, what other teams? New York Giants. I like the New York Giants for him, but you're not going to win this year, right? I think he's in a tough spot. It's definitely a tough spot, and listen, the Raiders, like I said, quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is in concussion protocol. If he is cleared for this week's game, um, you Pittsburgh. know, we will see Pittsburgh. They, is, don't, is, they is, don't make moves like this. That's not their MO. We will see what that timetable looks like for Devontae Adams and how long he is just willing to wait, or if he wants to be Mm-mm. on the move sooner rather Tough. than later. I, they, mm. We are going to go ahead and dive into a basketball topic that I feel like is going to really open up a, an interesting debate because we've had this conversation, I feel like, throughout you know this show in multiple different sports and mm-hmm. just different conversations. Brandon Jennings has an interesting regret. On a recent episode of Gilbert Arena's Gills Arena podcast, Brandon Jennings says he regrets spending his first big NBA paycheck on his mom. He said, quote, That doesn't mean I don't love my mom or I don't appreciate her. I think we get caught up in like, we got to get our first paycheck. We got to give it to my family. But it's like, whoa, you can get hurt next year. And then I made people comfortable early. Listen to this. What did you do with your first NBA check? I bought my mom a house. Was it a good thing? (laughs) What? Because, like, your first thing, like, as a youngin' when you get in the league is, like, yo, buy my mom a house, like, buy. But I feel like I should have bought myself something first. You know, that doesn't mean that I don't love my mom or, like, you know, my family or I don't appreciate it. It's just that I think we get caught up in, like, okay, when I get this first check, I got to give I gotta give it to back to my family when it's like, well, you can get hurt next year. And then mm-hmm. like, I made people comfortable early. You know, I don't have a father figure. Like, I'm trying to figure it out. And, you know, your, your, your first thing is, like, I got to do for my mom. Like, you know, my mom is the reason why I'm here. And it's like, well, yeah, but. But also, like, I'm the reason why I'm here. For youngins, it's just like, you know, maybe you should buy yourself something first to make sure that you're you're stable because you don't know what's going to happen in your career. Luckily, I was able to play nine years and 11 years, and but I think you should take care of yourself first. Mm. It's interesting because we've had this conversation on this show before um, in more so with in line of the NFL. But I know that you have said before mm-hmm. that You know, one of the things that you wish the mindset of athletes would change is that this ideology that when you get put on, you got to put everybody else on with that first check. And you got to go ahead and, and, you know, make sure this person's straight, this person's straight, this person's straight with that first big paycheck. And you don't take a step back and just kind of do it little by little. It's almost like 
you know, um, the survivor's remorse, mm -hmm. you know, because I made it out of X situation. Now I got to take everybody with me. And I think that this is kind of what he's alluding to is that this survivor's remorse ideology that because I'm now put on, it's my responsibility to make sure everybody else is put on before I make sure that my situation is straight. Now, right. some people will say, that's selfish, at least when it comes to your mom, <laughs> you should make sure your mom is straight of everybody else. But I mean, where do you fall with yeah. this? Because you've obviously been in this situation before. This is this is deep and there's so many things that we can unpack here. The first thing I, I wanna respond to is the, the last thing that you said, and that's, you know, some people will say it's selfish. And then there's somebody sitting here, Ricky, saying, sorry, that's selfish. Um, yesterday in yoga, I had this conversation. Um, you know, we spent probably 20 minutes talking about this, just like, you know, love and self-love, right? When somebody makes it and they get an award, hey, uh, Brandon, here's a sports Emmy. <clears throat> you know, the first thing you, we usually say is, I wanna thank my mom, I wanna thank my Lord and Savior, I wanna thank this person, I wanna thank that person. Well, if we go out there and say, I wanna thank myself. I think Conor McGregor said that, I think Snoop Dogg said that, and we look at it like, whoa, that's kinda uh, uh, cocky of that person. But isn't that the highest form of uh, self-love? It's taking care of yourself first and, and also appreciating yourself. So it's interesting that you brought that up. But what I would say is this. In our community, this is something that we definitely have to fix. But there's, And this is what I mean by there's so much to unpack here. Um, in every other community, for the most part, not, every, not everyone, but for the most part, money flows down. In our community, money flows up. Thank you, Wale, for this amazing soundbite. Mm -hmm. Something that we can all teach off of and really lean into. Money flows down in, our, in most communities. In our community, money flows up. What does that mean? When Brandon Jennings make it to the NBA, that money goes up to mom, to dad, to aunties, to this person, to that person. When the reality is, when you talk about generational wealth, and being able to see healthier families and healthier communities, that money, Brandon Jennings, makes it to the NBA, and now he's only thinking about his kids' kids. Why? Because his mom and dad are straight. But we're not in a situation yet as from a community where we're healthy physically, mentally, spiritually, financially. So we have to do a lot. Like, we are first-generation millionaires. We are first-generation uh, empire builders. So it's really difficult and tough. So uh, w w the, the, the advice that I give to athletes is this. It's like when you first um, make it to the league, draw the circle, and then you say, okay, who are those people that I absolutely want to be there for because they were there for me, right? And then with those people, you all sit down and you put together, you show them your, your roadmap, your 10-year, five-year roadmap, your 10-year roadmap. Yo, this is my financial goals. Here's my, here's my plan. And here's also the boundaries and the rules of how we're going to do money, right? So, bro. I, smart. I love your idea. I love what you're what you're thinking about. Makes. Do you know what you're talking about? You went to school for this? No, you didn't. All right, yo, go take an online course and put together a thorough business plan. I'm talking about 50 to 60, 70 pages. Show me that you know what you're talking about. When you do that, bring that back because guess what? Yeah, I'm making 10 million dollars this year. I, it's easy for me to give you a hundred thousand. Now you fishing, right? And if what, what, what should happen is give me some equity too. Like I want to invest in y'all, but I don't want to invest in a barber shop. That's what we do. Barbershop, a, a, a boutique, a salon, a car wash. No, let's build something that's going to be here to, to stay. This is going to sustain the test of time. So you need to 
build that circle and then you need to have that conversation on the boundaries and the rules uh, that's needed to help you be sitting comfortably at 70, 80 years of age, right? Because when you have, when you generate all this wealth, that money makes you money. That's wealth. You can't have an like a hole in a bucket. You got to be able to have this and say, okay, this million dollars is going to bring me 10% every year or this $10 million. That's what you got to operate off of. I got $10 million in my account. I got $20 million in my account. Conservative, six, seven percent. But how do you, I mean, it sounds good in theory, but it's different when you have, you know, your dad now asking you for a new truck or your mom's asking you, mm -hmm. you know, for a you know, a new this. And then you have your little brother. He's going into college yep. and he needs, you know, X, Y and Z. Your sister's starting basketball and she needs shoes and things like that. And then, I mean, I think it sounds good in theory, but then when you're actually in it real time. Yep. And you know that you have X amount of dollars in your bank account. In your mind, you say, oh, it's not going to hurt to give a little something here, a little something there, a little something there. So I feel like the hardest thing is learn. And I feel like this is just across the board, but mm -hmm. especially when you start making money and you're making more money than anybody in your family. The word no is hard to learn. And I think yep. it's, hard to, it's hard to learn across the board. It's hard to learn in business. It's hard to learn, you know, in relationships. And it's especially hard to learn in family dynamics when you come from a situation where, you know, your parents or your, your guardians or your family in general did everything they could with limited resources yeah. to make sure that you could be in the position that you're in. And I hear what Brandon saying, yes, part of it is him mm -hmm. and his talent, his dedication to the sport and, and his dedication to workouts and things like that. But you also can't ignore the beginning of that. And the mm -hmm. beginning of that was your family making the most of what they had to make sure that you were in a position mm -hmm. to be better than them. So that guilt yep. is what forces a lot of people to do things that they may not be financially smart to do at this moment in time. Yeah. But it's that guilt, that memory of, well, my mom only was making minimum wage and she sent me to basketball camp. Mm -hmm. So like, who am I with $9 million in my bank account to say no to buying her a house? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you overcome that? Because right. that's the hardest part. Well, yeah. Well, first off, this is why these platforms are so important. Like I, I would have loved to hear Brandon Jennings go deeper, mm -hmm. right? It's like, okay, well, why did you say that? You know what I mean? Like, what was your experience? What would you have done differently and why? Break it down for us because the next generation of athletes and artists are people who come from our, where we come from, they're listening, right? And so we're in this space now where we have an opportunity to educate. And so when you have vets, the Deion Sanders of the world, the Shaquille O'Neal's of the world, you know, that's standing up and saying, yeah, I did this, this went wrong, this went left, this is what I learned from it, you have to listen. And so for me, the, and, and there's so many different approaches, so many different philosophies, right? So I talked about the circle. That circle basically is the boundaries and it, it you know, there's gonna be so much coming toward, towards you, that's how you say no, right? Like for me, if anybody came to me and say, hey, yo, I got this real estate uh, opportunity, I got this tech opportunity, I'm gonna say no, because I only invest in wellness and media, right? So I have a plan, I have a discipline. So when now when you have this homeboy who's not in that circle or this friend that's not in this circle or this ex-coach that's not in this circle come and say, you know, yo, I need this or I need that or would you look at this opportunity? It's so simple. It's no. You've got to learn how to say no. Mm -hmm. But then what happens is when you have a financial advisor, you sit down with a financial advisor and they literally map out what, you're, what you'll be making 
and earning, okay, and saving when you're 70 and 80 years old, right? So how do we get that? What, how do you, that financial plan? So for me, we allocated, you know, let's say $300,000 a year mm-hmm. in family contributions. Mm-hmm. So my thing was, I'm gonna buy my mom a home. I waited until my first big contract. I didn't do it on the first one. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't first round, right? Okay. I was making a couple hundred thousand. So once I signed that five year, $50 million deal with the, the Dolphins, I bought my mom a crib. And then after my third deal, with when I got an extension with the Chicago Bears, I bought my aunt a home because everybody went left. Everybody was coming to my little league games. Everybody who was getting on the bus coming to my college games. Everybody with that first contract. I'm talking about big-ass family. Everybody who was getting on the bus and chipping in, right, to come to Detroit, to come to, you know, when we played in, in, in Cleveland and, hell, even came down south when we played in Atlanta. Those same people, when I got that big deal, they looked at my aunt and they said, well, why do we have to pay for it now? Mm-hmm. And my aunt said, we've been doing this since he was a little baby. What, why are we changing now? Well, look, you see the contract that he just made? And she said, no, this is how we're going to do it. And this is why I bought my aunt a house. She's one of the realists. She said, no, what we're going to do is we're going to get a bus that we've been getting. We're going to do our own tailgate, and we're going to block off these rooms. And when we come up short, then I'm going to my nephew and say, nephew, we came up $3,000 short or $5,000 short because I'm also buying 40, 50 tickets. Mm-hmm. 40, 50 tickets, that's 20000 a game. Damn. They don't give you a Think discount. Think about it. No, not when, no. You, you, you get two free tickets. What? And then you can go around the locker room. You go around the locker room and you ask your teammates, like, yo, Keenan, Keon, you, you using your tickets? You got any family coming? No, nah, okay, can I get your two? No problem. Hey, can I get your, you know, you, you got to hustle a little bit, but if you don't get that, because most guys are using it. You got to pay for those they tickets. they just make you pay for the taxes. Okay, so That's so crazy. boom. So now you're paying for transportation. You're paying for hotels. You're paying for the food for tailgating. And you, they want you to pay uh, 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 for the tickets? No. So so I say that because, you know, when that happened, Circle gets small. So I bought my aunt a home, my mom a home. I bought um, my ex's uh, mom a home. Boom. I want you to be happy. Cool. That's what I did. And now what you look at is I got X amount of dollars to give to anybody to come in this circle to family and friends. So it makes it easy. So when your mom comes to you and your mom like, I want to go on this trip, I want to do that. All right, let's look at the financial plan. Let's see if that fits in the budget because when I hit 60 and at 70, I want to make sure that I'm still bringing in four or $500,000 a year. I need my money to be making this type of money. Mm-hmm. It's super simple. Just a plan. That's why I said you got to have a plan and you got to follow the plan. They got to listen. Whoa. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. Can we get that listen, Linda? Listen, Linda. Can we get that listen, listen Linda? Linda? But I have to yell at you guys. All these athletes and artists, we all Lindas. We got to listen to the dudes come before us. Well, we have some time because Marvin Mims is going to be joining us at 1 p.m. So before we dive into our Pepsi Rookie of the Week segment, um, we have time for another fun topic. So we're going to dive into that. Elle Duncan of ESPN fame um, has her own podcast out. It's called The Elle Duncan Show. And Elle Duncan is a character. She is, um, you know, straightforward, doesn't hold any punches. I'm, I'm definitely a fan of her. And she, on her show... They obviously were talking about the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing, but it turned into a topic about men and dating and things like that. And her co-host, Gary, um, gave 
an insight on to what men think about when they start dating someone. And L. Duncan pushes back and says, this cannot be what men actually think about when they start dating someone. So we have this video, we're gonna listen to it, and then we're gonna dissect it. So go ahead and play that. I know the number one thought that Travis Kelsey had thinking in his brain was this is so awesome because I could win a fight against every single one of her exes. That's where your sophomoric brain went? Sophomoric? That is a senior level thought. That is that the kind of that dudes think about? Like, can I beat up all the rest of her exes? Yeah. What? That's the first thing that no. crosses our mind. Um. It ain't the first ex. Do we have, do we have another clip? I think we have another clip of, of, of the follow-up thought. Is that the, is that the same? Yeah. You literally think about yeah. whether you could fight all... What is this, Scott Pilgrim versus the world? What are you talking it's about, Gary? It's the first Gary? thing you think of. No. There's other things that people might assume you think of, but the first thing you think yeah, of is Yeah, like, if, is she cool? Is she smart? Does she have a great job? Can, can I, I take her home to my family? Can I beat up her boyfriend, oh, her God. ex-boyfriend in a fight? Right. <laughs> Yo, yo. Brandon, <laughs> true or false? True or false, Brandon? That's false. It's not the first thing that we think about, but it's definitely on the list, right? Because you got to oh think about God. it. Because men, 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 we sit back and we be like, dang, all right, who, who, who? who? We want to know who you, who you been with your whole life. And it has nothing to do with us. And we drive ourselves crazy. Keon, come because here. Come on. Step down to the plate. We Keon. drive ourselves crazy because, like, it's like, yo, you dated who when you was 12 years old? Who you, who, who touched you when you were 16? So we think about that. And so once you get into that space, you got to be like, okay, well, you size yourself up towards them. So this is ridiculous. I will say this. It's not the first time. It's not the first thing on the list. But it's definitely, it could, it could come up on some list. It can. Keon. It can. Is this factual? Has this crossed your mind? You're out, you have a girlfriend. Is it this crossed your mind when you first started dating her? Yeah, it's, a, it's <laughs> I mean, bro, it's, the the reality is what you have is to be happening? you have to be aware and self-aware. <laughs> what does that even mean? You just have to be aware of what happened before you. And you need to know if I see this face in public, you know, there might be something might go down. Are yeah. you for real right now? No, I'm, I'm so serious. Like, what? this is so you're, you're <laughs> contemplating you can beat up her high school boyfriend if you guys ran into each other at, at a bar. If there's beef and no, you disrespect my is, lady. You have to understand, like, like <laughs> if he hit, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there, and then now I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, what? he might feel offended. And what is I'm gonna feel, right now? And, <laughs> and then I'm going to feel offended because, like, why, was, why did you even exist? What is happening, Brandon? That's real. Brandon, am I lying, though? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What I don't know. Right no, There's okay. a huge age difference. Keon, on you how old? I'm 23. You're 23, and, and I'm 39. So all the other stuff that you said, I don't know about. But what I do know is men, we – and I think it's, it's the same for women as well. But men, like, that does affect us initially, right? Like – Yo, who 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 did you date in high school? Who Wait, did you date in college? Out, who did you out, date? Who was your last couple boyfriends? Y'all be asking about dating history and who they've been with and body count as grownups. Like, are yeah, you we care. Still... We care about body count. Yeah, body body count is a must because the thing is, like, yeah, we <laughs> oh care about God. it. And, 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 and it's sad. if it's high, like, how would you know? Nah. Okay, let's play devil's advocate here. Say you meet a girl and you ask her, you ask her her body count, and she tells you it's five. 
and it's really 15. How the hell would you know the difference? You don't know the difference. But okay, like, so there's my point. You don't you don't know, but you know, I listen, it's just tough. Whether even if it was just five, that's a problem for us. Brandon. That's for problem. If, like five if, guys touched my lady. I don't care if y'all yeah. was 16. Okay, okay. Right. Why did he take your virginity? Yeah, like, that's facts. Right. That's facts. That's facts. Like what is happening? Yes. I'm gonna still I'm gonna feel some type of way with those five people. Right. You know what I'm saying? But like you gotta think though, like for guys like it's different. There is a double standard. There is a double standard. So you, I, I ain't going there. I ain't going no, there. I'm okay, just saying. So my thing is like, you know, guys, you know what I'm saying? We there's there's a if you're a, a male, you good looking, you know what I'm Can saying? You're a, probably gonna have a high body count. You know what I'm cool, right? Pamela then, said I only had one man, thank God. Then, but like for girls, here. it's like you guys you guys have to be like just a little bit more like I'm okay, you know? I'm sorry. You meet a thirty year old woman. Okay, that's different. And though. she's been with five men, you're like freaked out about that? Yes. She's thirty. So, what? <laughs> okay. 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 So, what would be a, what would be an an ideal body count for you? Zero. Zero. Jesus, Zero. <laughs> Zero. Oh my god. <laughs> but it's that's how, I'm just telling you. I'm taking you to the psyche of a man because that's something that we have to get over. We obviously get over it, right? That's the reality. But you you be like, damn, bro. You know what I'm saying? It, but you got to swallow. Even if you don't know the men. Like they're don't not. Matter. It's not like they're famous guys. They're don't just regular matter. Joe Schmoes. You still are like, damn. Man, like. Don't matter. Don't matter. Okay, but I gotta call. I gotta call y'all out on that because we had a conversation once at this very show where we were talking about you know dating a homie's ex or dating a, 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 a an acquaintance's ex. Right. And Brandon, you said if it was an acquaintance and not a homie. She's not off limits, but now you know who she was with. So how come it's how come it doesn't bother you that way? I'm just telling you, you you have to. That's part of the process before you really lock in with somebody, right? Like you want to know these things, and I don't know why we want to know these things. I'm not a therapist, okay? <laughs> but then when you sit there, it's like you got to make a decision. And nine times out of ten, we make a decision. Okay, it don't matter. But you think about these things, and 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 I think, uh, and if we really want to go deep, a lot of it is this the insecurities that we have. Right. And so insecurities of like what physical abilities? No, it's just like it's just an insecurity. Like, I don't know. We, we think that, who's you know, packing, who's lacking. when we have a when we have somebody, we think about ownership and you don't own anybody. Right. Like and that's that's the problem in a lot of what I'm learning in a lot of our relationships is, you know, we get we get involved with with someone and we're like, oh, that's mine. It's, it's possessive. Right. So you think about that like that. Right. Someone else had minds. Someone else could potentially have minds. You don't you know, it drives you crazy. Like I, I hate to like burst Mem's bubble, but, you know, like nine times out of ten women lie. Right. Yes. When you ask them, like, who they dated, who they've been with, like, she could have been in a full blown relationship. Oh, we just talked. Like, it was nothing. Like, you know, like, they're lying. Right. So, like, usually if a woman lies, she knows she's not going to get caught. She knows, you, she knows you don't know Buddy, and Buddy doesn't know you. you she knows there's no relationship between the two y'all. Y'all never going to talk. Right. Like, she knows who she can lie about, who she can't lie about. She won't lie about, like, a homie. Because then she'll get caught up. But she'll definitely lie about an acquaintance. Like, okay, from a teammate standpoint, like, y'all played football. If she smashed your teammate, but she knows <laughs> yeah. that y'all aren't, like, cool like that, she'll lie. Really? For 
never said she's gonna lie because y'all aren't in a relation. Y'all don't have a relationship to where y'all gonna talk like, hey, yo, yo, da, 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 da. Now, if she smashed your teammate and that's your dog, she's not gonna lie. She's not gonna Cause lie. Cause you, sh your, your mans will definitely be like, hey, bro, I gotta tell you. Something. I'm getting insecure like, now. Da, da, da. I'm getting insecure now. <laughs> Think about it. Women are savages. Y'all are savages. Oh my goodness. Y'all are worse than men. Women are worse than men. And I and we know it, men. We you gotta. Ashley said it's so true. It is true. Women know which relationships they oh can lie goodness. or which relationships they so can downplay, painful. and the ones that they can't. Someone said a suave mint. They said Ashley giving me a heart attack. I'm putting y'all yeah, on game. I'm giving you free game. They said women. so. Ashley, you be lying. I'm not a liar because I. What I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. <laughs> what? Hold on. I also hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. I also don't even put myself in those situations. I've never talked to like teammates or like homies. Like I, I personally don't even put myself in that situation. But I have absolutely no reason to lie about like, dude. Either if I tell you the truth, either you go still is your rock dad, is Mr. Jeff is Mr. Jeff on this? I'm not sure if he's in here, but I, 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 I here's my ideology. If I tell you I've been with X, Y, and Z. And Mr. you're like, oh, no, nah, I'm cool on you. Then you're not the dude for me. Okay. Why, why am I going to lie? Why would I lie to be with someone who may or may not be, like, turned off by the fact Deb, that Deb, the gamer said, stop the cap. No. They I said, don't. Ashley looked like she can't lie. Oh, they, oh you, that's what you think? I'm not I'm not a liar. I'm some. That I'm not a liar? They said, uh, AJ Goodman said, can we really believe Ashley right I'll now? I'll tell you this. I have lied to <gasps> okay, now we get into it. In situations where, like, I've, okay. I've told them that you know certain things were whatever that they weren't. Like, what do you mean? Oh, oh, like, oh, 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 my goodness. Like, your dad might be in this like, chat. Jeff Moss ain't here today. No. Okay, Big Daddy said Jeff Moss ain't here today. I just, like, he might be. He might I not just be I, active. Hold on. <laughs> I've never not lied to a man. Let's keep it honest. But I've never lied about like who I've actually like. If I've talked to a guy and nothing like came of it, I'll tell you this. If I've talked to a guy and nothing came of it, we didn't date, we weren't in a relationship. If you ask me like, oh, did y'all used to talk? I'd probably be like, nah, cause like nothing came of it. So like, right. why does it matter? Like, right. so I'll, I'll lie about that. But if I'm in a full blown relationship with someone, I'm not gonna lie about that. Cause like, why would I? If that's gonna piss you off, then I'm sorry. We got a super chat here. We got a super chat here. It's not a super question, just a super comment from Drew. Drew, we're going to say Drew from Detroit. Drew, where are you from? Drew from Detroit says in his super comment, Ashley lying about not being a liar. <laughs> She's a selective liar. She's a selective liar. No, I mean, okay. If you consider like, if you consider like talking to someone and it doesn't manifest anything and somebody asks, oh, did you used to talk to so-and-so? And I say, nah, if that's a lie, then yeah, I lied. Because I just feel like if nothing happened, why do you need to know that information? Like, why does it matter? I've never had one of those. <laughs> oh my goodness! No, I, hand to God, put a I put a I will put a hand on the Bible right now. I've never done that, but I'm. Do also, you believe in Jesus? I'm also very. Do you believe in Jesus? I'm also so very, first, let's make that clear before I we bring do. the Bible out. A hundred percent. Also, uh, I swear. No, no. Like, also, I I am I'm super like I don't know how to say I'm very bougie with that. So like a one night stand would never happen for me. No. I believe in the 90-day rule, guys. Oh, you make guys wait 90 I'm days? I'm a 90-day rule girl. 
Like, cause I feel yeah. like, I feel like in three months, I'm gonna see exactly what type of time you on. That's what kind of girl I am. So just look at, put so that out is, there. <laughs> if you try to date me and you think you're going, you know, it's not gonna happen. So, so yes. what, what, t talk to us about these 90 days. What does these 90 days? I'm a firm believer that like, when you first start dating someone or, or talking to someone, getting to know someone, you get the best perfect version of them in like the first few months. Right. You get the like never makes a mistake, the super considerate, the good morning text, the good night text, how's your day text. Right. Like you get the best, you get their representative. You get the best version of them. Right. I think in about 90 days, the three month mark is when people, because you can't put on a facade that long. Like who you are will eventually show. Right. If it's not truly who you are, the cracks start to like whatever. Okay. I'm a firm believer that I don't even engage in that until I see who a person genuinely is. And if 90 days comes <clears> around <throat> and he starts showing his true colors and it doesn't align with what I want, a win is a win. Like, yeah, right, three right. months together, but you know what? You ain't, you ain't, yeah. you ain't so, on that body count. You know what <laughs> I mean? A win is a win. So I personally don't, like, I, I, I've always, that's one of the things that, like, I've 100% stuck to. Right. Because I just believe that, like, I need to really see who a person is. And I'm a firm believer that if a guy wants to be with me for the right reasons, that's not even going to matter. Right. And also, you said the let, chat going crazy, and also let's be honest. Let's be honest. In that three month, in that three month span, I'm not an idiot. You out here doing whatever with other chicks, so right. like you don't need it from me. Like right. you know what I'm saying? So, I know so, you're not so, sitting there celibate waiting on me. So, so. once y'all cross that 90 day mark, huge metric in in your dating process. Mm -hmm. Now are you t are you going to them and saying, all right, well, now it's exclusive? No. So in 90 <clears> days, like you figure out like. I feel like you have a better insight of like what direction you're going. You may not automatically get into like, okay, now we go together, but you know whether or not this is a friendship, right. whether or not there's nothing here, or whether or not we're gonna continue building and dating and getting to know each other. And then, you know, you make the assessment based on how you feel about that person at right. that time. But 90 days for me is when you decide what direction it's going in. And I feel like that's when you can make a clear, um, decision on who the guy that you've been dealing with is. You know what L I mean? Last thing on this topic, because I yeah. know we got to end our radio portion mm -hmm. and then we'll keep mm -hmm. the video going, right? I can confidently say this. He's, confidently, out, he's out here sleeping with other people. I know. I'm not, I'm not dumb. <laughs> that you are lying about your dating process. I'm not. 100%. Can, right, Keon? We can agree. 100% not lying. 90 days? 100%. Days? You can, especially, you, especially, hundred percent. I think that makes sense. Like in high school, like Matter you know, because you think it. Like I've gone not, past ninety days. If you, I, if you I, really I, yeah, but dive that, into that. One hundred percent. I believe 100%. that. I believe that, but I don't believe that it's black and white. Ninety. I days. can get any guy that I've ever dealt with on the phone right now, and he will unfortunately tell you ninety days. And that's just call him. That's run the radio. <laughs> call him. Call him. <laughs> call him. That's just unfortunately the truth. I will. I. I mean, I'm not gonna put nobody on blast. All right. Can I ask a question really quickly? Because I got a. I got a daughter. Right. She's mm -hmm. eight years old. Baby. Little my, my little baby Ziggy. Um. So obviously, when she gets older, she's gonna start dating and she's gonna have relations and all of that. Right. Mm -hmm. So like. How, can you talk to me about you and your dad's process? Like, because you, Mr. Jeff, be in the chat. I'll tell you. So this. He, hearing this stuff, like, how, like, prep, prepare me, prep me for 
my relationship with my daughter when she starts dating and then this the, the all the other stuff starts coming in I'll tell you this. I one of my biggest reg- I mean it's not a regret because I feel like you have to learn in the dating process. But my dad has never been wrong about a guy. Mm. So my dad like will tell me flat out I never forget my first boyfriend, my first boyfriend in high school. He met my dad and he my dad's polite, you know, he's not going to whatever. He leaves and my dad says I don't like his face. I don't trust him. He's not a good guy. And of course, I'm like 16. I'm like, no, I love him. You don't understand him like I do. He was not a good guy. Mm. And it's happened every single guy since. My dad doesn't even have to be in a guy's presence. He can just see a photo of him and be like, I don't like his face. Mm. Like, he's, I don't, uh uh-uh. Like, and every single time, he's been right. right. And one of my biggest, like, regrets is that I haven't, I didn't always listen and I learned the hard way and like in hindsight, like they weren't good guys. So I will say this. I give men credit because men know other men. Mm-hmm. Men can just be in a room with a guy, another guy and be like, yeah, th- this. Yeah, he's not There's yeah. something off about him. Like, you know yeah, why? Da, 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 da. Like men know other men. <laughs> you so know I why? Because say, you like, know why girls, men know other men? Because men be dirtbags and be like, yeah, that's a dirtbag tendency. <laughs> that's a dirtbag way he does this. Uh, listen, men, uh, girls, <laughs> listen to your fathers. They know men or your brothers and, or your uncles. Men know other men. Breaking news here. I know of one guy that Mr. Jeff approved of. And that guy's name is, you ready? You know, I know one. Who? Who? We're not going to say that name on Breaking air. news. No, we're not. Here we go. On we paper route. We don't have to break. The one man that break. Ashley's dad no. approved of. We don't have to break here. We don't have his to name break. His name is. I don't know his name. I don't know his name. I don't know his name. Uh, we don't have to break. We don't have to break. Um, we actually can continue the show until Marvin Mims comes and joins us. So that's good. So we're going to go ahead and right now dive <laughs> Somebody into- said Corey. Uh, RSF Morrow said Corey. Uh, what? No, I don't know. Definitely. It wasn't Corey. Um, listen, we are going to go ahead and dive into our Yo Rookie segment. It is time for Yo Rookie presented by. He's here? We're going to we're going to dive in. We got a lot to break down before we bring on our, our special guest. Okay. okay. All right. Listen, it is time for Yo Rookie yep. presented by Pepsi Zero Sugar NFL Rookie of the Week. Now listen, Puka Nakua won. There we go. There we go. Run that graphic. Here we are. Yo, rookie. Yo, rookie. You know, you know, you know why I love that name? Cause it's like, yo, rookie. You know what I'm saying? It's like that. You, st- yo, rookie. Yo, rookie. Yeah, you know, they listen. still trying to find their way, right? That humility, that softness of like, oh, I made it to the league. Like that's still there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes two years for that to go away. Sometimes it's just three weeks. I didn't see rookies come in, get a little bit of the the, the the sauce, and boom, run with it. So that's why, yo, rookie, yo, rookie. Well, listen, do we want to break some news before we dive into the segment? The, the Jet stuff? I mean, we No, there ain't know? no breaking okay. news. They signed Trevor Simeon. All right, so we're going to yeah. stick with our, our yo, yo rookie. rookie segment. Listen, so last week, Puka Nakua won Rookie of the Week for Week 2. The Los Angeles Rams that's wide right. receiver caught 15 passes for 147 yards in Week 2. Two, there he is with the belt. That's awesome. Week one, uh, 
The first one was our kick returner X for the Jets. Walk off, punt return for, for that win. Um, week three, who do we have, Ashley? Like, you know, there's some interesting people starting we to do. emerge. Interesting, but not your guy. You picked the wide receiver for the Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, not a, another week that he's not in the mix. But right. can we go ahead and throw up the graphic of our week three nominees? All right, Brandon, run through them. Who do we got here? Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. The rookie of the week. Uh, Pepsi, Zero Sugar, NFL Rookie of the Week nominees. Nominees, what does that mean? That it's on you guys to go out there and vote for your guy. If you are a C.J. Stroud fan, if you live in Houston and you still believe in the Texans, go vote for your guy. Listen, pass for 280 yards with two touchdowns for a 118.8 passer rating in the Texans' Week 3 win. Okay, let's go to the next one. And this is important, right, because – you know, and this is why I love this, is because we're getting we're getting to know our players. Ashley, can you help me pronounce his name? He probably will win rookie for 218 yards rushing. I want to say it's Devon Achane. I know, and that's not being that's not we're not being disrespectful, but this is what I love is like we're getting to know like the next stars, the next faces of the NFL. He went crazy in that seventy to what was it seventy to twenty? He blow did. Up? Devon Achane recorded two hundred and thirty three scrimmage yards, two hundred three rushing, thirty receiving, and scored four touchdowns, two rushing, two receiving in the Dolphins' dynamic Week Three win. Tank Dell. Uh, heard a lot about this 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 young man. Uh, you look at his workout videos. You work. You look at you know his college tape. You look at what he's been able to do in camp, and also for the through the first uh, few weeks, you see flashes. You see the flashes of superstar. He will be a superstar in the NFL. But whenever, and I hated this, whenever I was up for something, and but my quarterback was in the same category. They always give it to the quarterback, right? So you had C.J. Stroud ball out two weeks in a row, and now Tank Dale for the first time makes it on our board. And so I love what he's doing right now, you know, but it's going to take the fans to vote him over C.J. Stroud. Well, he caught five passes for 140 yards and one touchdown in the Texans' Week 3 wins. And going back, um, apparently his name is pronounced a chain. A chain. A there chain. We go. So Devon, a chain, a chain, number 28 running back for the Miami Dolphins. So Devon, a chain. Let's not forget that. Hey, listen, Devon, a chain. You keep doing what you did. We ain't going to forget that. Was it 218 yards? Was it 218? 233 scrimmage yards, 203 <sighs> rushing, 30 receiving. Oh, my goodness. A chain. A chain. A chain. He a might chain. be getting a chain. Might be getting a belt next week. <laughs> a chain might be getting. A um, belt this is time. an interesting one. The tight end uh, for the Detroit Lions, Sam Laporta. Um, you know he had a big game. He did some special things, and this is scary because, like, they're just loaded with talent. Hmm. Loaded with talent. All right, he caught eight passes for eighty-four yards and one touchdown in the Lions' Week Three win. And Marvin Mims Jr. will be joining us here shortly. Um, Marvin Mims last week, like, took it back to the house. Like, it's I say that because it's hard to do in today's game. The Devin Hester's of the world, it's over, right? Like, the rule changes and everything they're doing in the kicking game, it's hard. So, to see a few guys do it, you know, week one, week two, week three, that says a lot about how special – these gentlemen are. 
Listen, caught three passes for 73 yards and a 99-yard kickoff return to for a touchdown in week three. Look, they changed all the rules, and he, he still found a way. He still found a way. Brian Branch, interesting, right? Like, you know, I, I love that we're adding some defensive guys. I love that we threw the tight end up here. You know, I would love to see, you know, us, you know, highlight a few offensive linemen, defensive linemen, you know, they're they're more than capable of being on this list. We know that it's a it's driven by the, you know, the skill positions. But come on, nothing goes without the big men. But Brian Branch, he's representing the defense aside to today. Recorded 11 tackles, three tackles for a loss and two passes defended in the Lions week three win. Right. Um, you see our boy last night play. Puka? Yeah, Puka. Puka looked good. Yeah, Puka was emotional. I didn't know, like, man, I didn't know he lost his father. Yes. You know, so, like, his story continues to, you know, uh, come to life, and it's more, it's powerful than, you know, I thought it was. Like, he's a special guy. Yeah, it's going to be really cool to see him and hopefully Cooper Rush on the field at some point right. together. Who do, so. you, who, who do you like this week, Ashley? Um, I'm leaning towards no, no Zay Flowers, no Bijan Robinson. I'm leaning towards the QB. CJ? Yeah, I'm leaning towards CJ. Who are you leaning towards? Devon a chain? Yes. That's the, who you're leaning. I mean, mm, they did have a 70 point. Well, I mean, listen. It was history. I mean, I, you gotta give them the record. I, kick a field goal, they had a record. I'm still giving them the record. 70 piece, and you had 218 yards. This is true. This is true. In four minute mode. So they knew they, they were going to run the ball. And him, for him to come in and do what he did, whoo. I mean, we've seen – what's C.J. Stroud's numbers? Uh, 280 yards for two touchdowns and a 118 passer rating. Phenomenal. But have we seen that before? Did Joe Burrow do that? Did Josh Allen do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, we've seen that. It but is a Texas. How, how, how many times do we see a rookie running back go – we've seen it before, but it's not – it's not as often. We've How many times have we seen a running back do this type of damage? And that's why I always say when a running back eclipsed the 2,000-yard mark, mm -hmm. automatic MVP for me. There's only been six guys to do it. That's the To me, that's the hardest feat in football is to go over 2,000 yards rushing. We're not talking about all-purpose yards, rushing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think the running back – we need to give them some love. Don't you think the running back, the running back market needs a little bit I, of sprinkle of a little love? A little bit of sprinkle of love and affection. A little bit of TLC, yeah. I would love to see the fans stand up for the running backs. I, I, I feel like we've been letting the running backs down. What did we do when they were going to war this 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 offseason? When Saquon Barkley wanted his contract? Okay, when 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 our guys were standing up saying, you know, we want a home. They thought Ezekiel Elliott was done, but no, no, no. Ezekiel Elliott averaged like five yards a carry. Let's give the running back some love. Well, listen, while we wait for Marvin Mims Jr. to join us, we want to remind you to make sure to vote for your pick um, for the Pepsi Zero Sugar NFL Rookie of the Week at NFL.com slash voting slash rookies. Again, the website is right there. It's NFL.com slash voting slash rookies. Mm. So yeah. while, we're, while we're waiting for a guy to come on, all right, um, do you still do you we still, have him. Do you still feel comfortable with – I'll give you an out right now. Do you want to change your too early prediction on who's going to win rookie of the year? Um, probably. 
You are oh, you're an overreactor. <laughs> it's 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 Stanley. I don't trust him. I gotta do some research. Give me till tomorrow. I'll, I'll I'll consider it. Maybe we can just redo Eminem. Eminem. Our picks. Yo, rookie. Eminem. What's up, baby? You in the building? You know what I'm saying? Look, I ain't gonna dive into the 70 piece. We ain't gonna talk about that. Okay, not yet. <laughs> but we definitely want to highlight you, man. Welcome to the show, bro. Um, you know, I was just telling Ashley and then everybody, and, and obviously everybody knows the game is it's it's so much uh, harder for returners. Um, to get in the end zone, right? The rules have changed. So, you know, first you want to say we salute you, we see you, and thank you for joining the show. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. How are you feeling? I'm uh, feeling good, you know, just, yeah, a lot of stuff to work on, of course, you know, with the team and stuff. But other than that, you know, I feel like we're, you know, just trying to get in the right direction. You know, just the leader stepping up and all that stuff. They're talking, you know, this past two days, you know, yesterday watching film and stuff, and then they being off day, but also going up there and watching a little bit more film. I mean, we're learning, but we're going to keep going. Mm, love that. Um, Ashley, before we jump in, I just the question I have for you, can you just break it down for everyone watching how tough it is um, for returners to actually get in the end zone now, some of the rule changes, and, and then also walk us through you know, that 99-yard return mm. and what you saw. Did you feel good about it? When did you see it, right? Did the game slow down? Yeah, I mean, it's with the NFL changing their rule this year. Um, it's a lot like the college game. So, for me personally, it's been kind of cool, you know, not having a lot to, like, adjust to. But, um, you know, if they kick a touchback, you can fear catch the ball within the 25-yard line and get the ball there. So, um, a lot of teams are kicking touchbacks. They're trying to kick the ball high to get you the fair catch and not bring it out. So, um Basically, you know, we got a shorter kick, um, right, got it, caught it right on the one. Um, basically hit the return and um, just saw, like, the defense overplayed on the backside, so then cut it back, and I had nothing but green grass and just kind of went with my speed. Mm -hmm. First of all, before we ask any more questions, can we talk about the artwork behind your head? I love these paintings. <laughs> Who did them? Where did you get them? How long have you been collecting them? I need the 411 on these. Yeah, um, it's this guy in Oklahoma who does a bunch of artwork pieces, and he kind of did a lot of pieces of me, you know, off of pictures and stuff just from games, and he DM'd me about it. And so uh, me and him probably been meeting up for about two years now, and then, um, you know, I signed some pieces for him, and he'll also give me some pieces to, like, take home and keep for myself. So all this is behind me is, like, his work, and he's been it's been great. It's honestly I love amazing. That. I love it. Mm. Brandon, do you have any uh, paintings of, of your college days or professional days that you have? Well, I wasn't a big deal in college, so I don't have anything <laughs> from college, but I definitely have some stuff from uh, when I was in the league. And it's pretty cool. You know, I don't know if you experienced this yet, but when, you, when you're in the league, you'll just be walking, you know, out of your place or you be walking in the city and somebody will just walk up to you and hand you stuff, like stuff they oh. drew for you, or especially if you're at a parents and they know where you're going to be. Oh, man, fans are, are awesome. Well, I mean, on the topic of fans, obviously the Broncos are going through some growing pains. I mean, how have the fans, you know, been at the games, after the games? What has that experience been like? Obviously, you know, they're disappointed. Things haven't gone the way that they may have anticipated, you know, in preseason, you know, when Sean Payton joined the team. But what has Broncos Nation been like? Yeah, I mean, they've been 100% supportive, you know, I mean, at the games. It's a crazy atmosphere. Honestly, love it. You know, they're out there cheering, you know, their hearts out. And then you get like a little social media too. You'll get a little bit of both ends, you know, like we got to win all that stuff. But, you know, I kind of feel for the fans, but at the same time, you know, we got the job to do. We got to be better. We know that. So we're just going to go out there, keep playing our hardest, you know, these upcoming weeks. Well, just, bro, just what's going on, right? Like high hopes, you know what I'm saying? Sean Payton, Russ, 
and I, I throw Russ in there, everybody throw Russ in there, but it's the entire team. You know, did you guys you guys feel com did you guys feel comfortable going into this year? Um, you know, or you feel like, you know, did you guys feel like, you know, this could be, you know, a couple of games where we figure some things out, right? And and what happened? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I get that question a lot, honestly. It's kind of weird for me, you know, being a rookie because I don't really know what to expect I like from it. the NFL game. You know, I can look at guys I'm playing with and be like, yo, I grew up watching this guy, that guy, but how is that going to translate on the field? You're like, you never know. So, like, going into the season, you know, I was expecting high things. You know, I was really looking forward to it. And then we come out and lose, you know, the first two games and then lose this past weekend. And, you know, you have the pieces, you know, to be a com – uh, competing team, playoff team, where we just had to kind of put it together, you know, especially with Coach Payton, right. you know, his history. And right now, I mean, his big coaching thing was just in the first four weeks, we're going to figure out what kind of team we have and how fast can we improve in these four weeks. So that's what we're still trying to do. I like that, bro. When I was watching the game, <clears throat> really focused on the Dolphin-Bronco game, obviously there's so many superstars, so many storylines, and, um, you know, also played for both teams. And as I'm watching this game, I, I put out a tweet. I'm like, yo, if I'm the Broncos, I feel really good about my offense right now. The, the first two quarters, like you guys were moving the ball extremely well. Y'all got down to the red zone. There was a few penalties, right? Like, you know, if y'all didn't have those penalties, if y'all didn't have those mishaps, uh, it could have easily been tied up or you guys could have went into half winning. Did you guys feel really good about the game plan? Did you guys feel really good coming out that first half offensively? Yeah, offensively, we felt great, you know, going into the game, especially with our game plan. And even, you know, that first half, you know, we felt like we were stopping ourselves, if anything, just like you said. I mean, we're getting to the red zone. Got a couple penalties, so we didn't get the touchdowns that we wanted to. And, you know, as that game winds out, you know, those four points, uh, that difference between a touchdown and a field goal, I mean, it definitely plays out. But um, offensively, I think we've been playing real good. You know, I think we also expect a lot more out of ourselves. And just like I said, I mean, we're just going to try to keep improving, um, try to really, you know, get in the red zone, score touchdowns instead of giving up more field goals. Mm. I think everyone's going to focus, obviously, on the score of the game, the final score of the game and the deficit between the, the two scores. But I think that on a more positive side of this, you know, this is going to be an ultimate test for this Broncos team and how you can bounce back from something just historic and just monumental like this. So why are you confident in this Broncos team, in the Broncos leadership, not only in the coaching staff, but in the quarterback that you guys have in Russell Wilson, that this will just be in the back burner come December, come November? Why can this why is this team equipped to bounce back from this? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just being around the guys, you know, since OTAs, I mean, we have a lot of people that talk and they'll actually do. I mean, we have a lot of doers on our team. So I know that, you know, with this, you know, people got to put more time into certain aspects of their preparation. They will like knowing our team and especially the coaching staff. I mean, the coaching staff is more on end about it than anybody else. And, you know, that we're ready to get back after it, get going. I mean, we have an experienced team, experienced room. And so we're just ready to get back out there and just, you know, show the world what we can do. So, bro, um, you know, we, we 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 branded and named this uh, segment Yo Rookie because, like, you know, it's like you're uh, just now uh, being introduced to this whole world of the NFL life. And then, you know, you have guys like myself and other contributors who's on the other side of it, right? And I loved how you answered the question when we were like, well, what's going on? He's like, well, I don't know. I never experienced, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, an NFL game. And that is the best answer, right? I know Coach Payton and I know, uh, you know, some of the other guys there. Patrick is like, good job, good answer there. Talk to me about, you know, your maturity because I can feel it, I can see it, right? Like, where does that maturity come from? You seem advanced for a rookie. 
Yeah, um, basically just comes from my parents and my upbringing. I mean, especially this to me, it kind of feels like being a freshman in college all over again. You know, just take the opportunities you get and make the most out of them. I mean, this year I knew I was going to be able to be a return man um, offensively. Wasn't sure how many snaps I was going to get, what time of routes they were going to drop for me. But just trying to make the most out of it, you know, whatever opportunity I get. You know, I also got drafted to a team with, you know, a good wide receiver room. You know, unfortunately we had some injuries in the wide receiver room. But at the end of the day, you know, we got to go out there and play ball. I had Coach Payton. That was my last cup of tea down there in uh, New Orleans, bro. And he's uh, he's a character. Um, did you have a rookie moment where, where, <laughs> with Coach Payton? Did he, you know, because he he's he's funny, but the way he, you know his his approaches, you know, can push people away if you don't understand them. What was your rookie yeah. moment with Coach Payton? It took me like a while to get used to like his coaching, just because like you know, I mean, he'll come up and like talk to you and all that stuff, and sometimes he'll say stuff in front of everybody. So. Um, <laughs> I think that, like, sometimes he'll say something in front of everybody. You know, me being a rookie, like, first couple of days, like, I'm on edge. Like, I don't want to mess up. I'm thinking about it. And, like, he's just – like, for me, he calls me Mimsy. And that's, like, the first thing I had to get used to because I never really had anyone just call me Mimsy. Like, <laughs> so, like, that's, that's pretty cool. But, like, other than that, I mean, he's kind of – he's really, like, chill coach. Uh, he could be on edge, though, especially on game days. I'm sure you know it. But oh my goodness. he's an old another guy. But um, I really like Coach Fade, you know, his coaching style, how he is with his players and his relationship with players. Right. What's What's been the easiest adjustment for you as a rookie and, and playing in the NFL, and what's been the toughest adjustment for you? Um, I think the easiest – I think it's kind of a mix. Like the easiest and toughest adjustment to me has been just like the free time of it. Like, because in college, like, you mm. kind of go to lift in the morning and you go to class and you come back and practice and you're up there until, like, at least 9 o'clock. And now, I mean, other than training camp, you're literally maybe up there from 7 to about 5 on a long day. Mm. So just, like, that off time, what to do with it, what are you going to do? And then also it's, like, you're not living with, like, your best friends as your roommates like <laughs> yeah. you were in college. So you're not really, like, kicking it with your boys 24-7. Like, these guys have, like, families three kids four kids like wives all that stuff at home so that's probably like the weirdest thing for me well you talked about living uh i lived off of uh c470 in 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 quebec uh where do you live and, yeah i say and off, i was uh, i was drafted to the denver broncos i don't know if you know this in 2006 okay. i spent a few years there and uh it took me some time to adjust but it's one of my favorite cities now so i know it well i always come back where do you live yeah, I stay off of 470 and basically like Chambers. So it's probably okay. like five minutes away from the uh, facility. But I like it a lot out here. You, know, you it's do? It's a lot different. I mean, I grew up in Texas, moved to Oklahoma. So like being able to see mountains, weather's always nice. It's real, it's a real nice place out here. You, you don't seem like a guy that's out in the streets, you know? I don't, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. if you are, what's the spot now? You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, was 24K was the spot. Oh, my Shotgun God. Shotgun Willys was the spot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's the spot? No, it was, a, it was, it was. That's a Willie. That's where John Morant went. Okay, keep going. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, like a couple of times whenever we were like all the rookies were in the hotel, I mean, we just went downtown and like you know tried to get into something, find something. I mean, Earl still popping, dudes. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we've been down there one time. Uh, went to like a Rockies game. You know how they had like the View House, all that stuff right there on that corner. 
So we went down yeah. there and kind of chilled out. But I mean, Red shit just trying to find anything to do. We yeah. always we always talk about when we we speak about Denver, we we acknowledge the altitude. And when we had Shadora Sanders here, he even said, um, you know, in a funny way, that the biggest adjustment for him coming from Jackson State going to Colorado wasn't gonna be, you know, the eyes, the microscope, the new system. It was gonna be the altitude. I mean, how did you adjust to it? How long did it take you to adjust to the altitude in Denver? Yeah, it took me about like a week to adjust to it, honestly. And it was it was tough because like we got a rookie mini camp and like we're going right into rookie camp and I and you're running like yeah, like six receivers, we're doing full on routes on there, all that stuff, and like dudes are dead probably like <laughs> fifteen minutes into practice. You know, you got like an hour and a half left. So it was rough. But um another thing is like during OTAs we get like Friday through Sunday off yep. basically. And then you come back Monday and every week on Monday you're like you're gonna be dead that first 10, 15 minutes of practice. That's probably like the biggest thing as far as like altitude goes. Like you never really get for sure get used to it until like you really like you feel it every time. But um mm. especially like when you take your break, you know, you go to like Florida, Texas, all that stuff and come back, that's when you definitely feel it. Yeah, but once you're in season, bro, and I've been talking about mid-season form <clears throat> all day today on our show. But bro, like when you guys travel and you'll feel you might you might have already felt it. You know, Miami's probably hard because of the sun. Like whenever you travel down to Miami, you know, with the humidity during this time of year, it's tough for anybody. But, you know, maybe you, you felt it. But when you guys travel, you know, come October, everybody's going to be tired, hands on it, on their hips, quarter three, fourth quarter. And you're going to be sitting like, damn, I, you know, I'm ready to get going. I'm, I'm just now yeah. starting. Right. So have you felt that yet? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely. Like you can feel like points where guys are getting tired, especially, you know, how Coach Payton is with like his different personnel groups and guys running oh. in and out of the game, different snaps. So like. I'm coming in fresh. Like, you can tell, like, defense, tire safeties, DBs, all that stuff. So, you could definitely feel it. I mean, especially at home games. But um, I think I think it's a great thing for us, and I think it's a huge, like, um, yeah. it's a great thing for the offense. Ashley, like, when I was out there, I'm so glad you brought the altitude. That was a monster. Like, when you fly for those who haven't been to Colorado, been I out haven't. to the, the – you haven't been there? I, I'm going in, in you, February, but I haven't been yet. You may get a nosebleed. Mims, really? Mimsy, Mimsy, did you get a nosebleed? Yeah, I got nosebleed, like, in my sleep. There you go. You might get a nosebleed. I had a nosebleed for the very first time. It's the it altitude. Don't panic. Don't panic. Oh, my God. Don't panic. Okay, and then okay. also just walking up the steps, you're going to be out of breath. Like, that's that's how serious. That's what Mimsy's talking about. Can I call you Mimsy? Yeah, yeah that's cool. <laughs> Wait a second. The nosebleed in your sleep thing is not okay. Like... I, I, I can't explain it. We got to we gotta bring a doctor on again and, and ask them. Like, I don't know why it happens, but that's some of the things that comes up when you go to altitude. It's tough. It can be tough. That's why you saw like Ryan Clark when, you know, dealing with sick of cell trait. He didn't play going out there. And I think there was somebody else recently uh, decided not to play um, in Denver because of what they were dealing with. It's it's tough. Wow. Okay. Now I'm freaked out. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) Jerry Judy, bro. Like we had Jerry Judy on the show right before the season. You know, we just talked about, you know, him evolving, going to a whole nother level. What have you learned from Jerry Judy? I think he's just one of the most savviest uh, route runners. I mean, it's just it's it's like a masterpiece watching how he put some of these concepts together. What have you learned from Jerry Judy as a as a as a rookie receiver? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you watch. You know, Judy, you can just tell how easy it is for him to get in and out of his breaks. But like, I think the real, like, hidden thing with his is just how how much of a, like, football, like, encyclopedia he is. Mm. That's what we call him in my room, like, encyclopedia. Like, if we show a route or a play, like, he'll be like, oh, blah, 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 ran this in 2000, da, 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 against da, da, da. 
Like, he knows it perfectly. Like, his football smarts are out of the world. And I think that's, like, one thing you don't know about him. That's been, like, another thing, just, like, learning how to watch film from him. Because, like, 24-7, that's all he's doing is watching film. Really? And, like, you can know about Jerry. I mean, me, like, I watch him in Alabama and stuff, like, crazy. But, like, seeing it in person and then also, like, knowing what he, how he prepares in the meeting room, all that stuff, I mean, it's it's, it's ridiculous. Talk, talk to us about Russell Wilson. See, every time we talk about the bromance, like, oh, you love Russell Wilson. That's you love his, Russell they, Wilson. Russell Wilson and Brandon Marshall are in a bromance. So that's his that's his guy. So you, you haven't – before I went to the Saints, I spent some time in Seattle, and, like, you know, that's really where our relationship went to a whole nother level. Um, you know, so I know the behind-the-scenes Russ. I know, you know, the public Russ. I know all of Russ, right? And, and you know – you, you you don't know what he dealt with last year. I'm sure you heard of it. You read it. You know, being out there in Denver, you know, how's your experience been with Russ? What do you love yeah, about, is, you know, his process or maybe don't? Yeah, Russ has been great. I mean, just as far as, you know, teaching me all the little things, you know, what he wants to see in different routes. Because it's a different thing, you know, especially when we have, you know, a new offense, new coach, and he's new to it too. So he's seeing different routes and stuff. And I'm, you know, me, I'm running it just like how it is drawn up just because, you know, I'm a rookie. I don't want to mess up all that stuff. He's telling me, hey, try and do this, try and do that. And also just like off the field, you know, just Russell, just talking to him, sitting down, eating with him, all that stuff. Just real cool, chill, like down to earth dude. Talk to you about anything. Literally, you ask him something, he has a story about every single thing. Like he's experienced so much and he just knows so much. Been in the league for a real long time. That's good, man. Before 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 we let you go, a couple more questions, man. I, you know, but you know, I like to get messy on the show, um, bruh. Seventy, bruh. <laughs> I know we hit a little seventy, though, bruh. <laughs> Have you ever been in a game like that, bruh? I mean, I've been I've been in the game, but on the opposing side, I ain't never <laughs> been well, down that much. I mean. I mean, I want to ask from not even from the standpoint of the score, but we had this conversation yesterday on the show. And just from a competitor standpoint, I mean, how do you bring yourself to continue to fight as the deficit just keeps getting larger and larger and larger? I mean, it gets to a point where in your mind you have to know it's probably not something we can return from, but you also can't stop playing. So what is that experience like for people who've never been in that situation, never played professional sports or just sports at any level? I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of just like a pride thing, you know, just the type of tape you want to put on film. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody's going to watch it, you know, where they play the Dolphins, play the Broncos, everybody's going to watch the game. And so if you're slacking off, the, you know, that last quarter or half, like they're going to say like, hey, they ain't got no fight in them. And it's going to tell a lot about you personally, especially not only you, but the coaches, the team, and also like the organization as a whole. So just going out there and just putting putting up a fight is all we can really do. But, like, it's also weird because, like, football is a, a game of, like, different phases. So, like, whether the offense is having a bad day, defense have a bad day, at the end of the day, you got to go out there and still respond. You know what I mean? So it's, like, it's just a weird feeling, especially, like, in a football game versus, like, basketball where you're going back and forth. Like, this dude gets a bucket on you. You go down there, can't do anything. Like, it's just a weird type of feeling. So so one of the most painful things to do, and it's the last thing that we'll ask you about, you know, this – uh, 70 piece with a little side of you know a little mac and cheese and a little biscuit. <laughs> hey, I've been here too. I, I listen. It wasn't 70, but I Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, <laughs> Tom Brady, the Patriots. I've been in some situations. And the most painful thing, bro, 
is the Monday after where you're watching film. <laughs> it's quiet as a mouse. <laughs> Nobody's saying nothing, especially with coach, a coach like Coach Payton. So uh, how painful was that? I'm sorry. I'm, I, I told you I like to get mess, messy, Mims. And, and Russie, Russ, Russ will tell you this as well. But how painful was that? And what was Coach Payton's message, right? Yeah, it was it was tough. I mean, he kind of even hit on it like post game, you know. And then we had a almost like a four hour flight back to Denver after the game, so I was just sitting on this for a minute. And then we had to go in Monday and watch it. He even said like in the team meeting, like you know, he he said like we got to watch it, you know. And I, nobody in there wanted to watch the film, but then they got to watch it, you know. And different people are getting different coaching points and all that stuff, and it's like hard, like knowing a play you messed up on, and then having to watch it. And then somebody else messing up and you having to sit there watching. Like, it's just the stuff you don't want to see again. Okay. At the end of the day, you know, you still got to do it. Still got to learn, for it, learn from it because at the end of the day, it still happens. We, well, before you have one more before we let him go because I want to close out with a – Yes. Uh, okay. Really quickly, we talked about this earlier. Um, it was Brandon Jennings on the Gilbert Arenas podcast, and he talked about, you know, just coming – going, making it to the league. And then don't, the first thing he did was bought his mom a crib – Right. And, and, and in retrospect, he would do it differently. He would have did something for himself first. Right. So talk to us a little bit about like, you know, how you're approaching your finances. What plan do you have in place? What kind of advice can you give to uh, those college guys that maybe listen to you or maybe even your peers? Yeah. Um, one thing I'll say about it is just like, you know, especially being a rookie, unless you're drafted like real high. I mean, the money's not anything crazy, you know, anything that you say you can go out there and buy a million dollar house or anything like that. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to take care of yourself, not only because you're getting the money, but at the same time, you don't know how long your career is going to last. You know, especially the game of football is such a physical game. You know, you can like the next day, you know, if not that next year before you can get to the next contract. So just kind of keeping up with the finances, not spending too much, not doing the most, just because like, especially our player personnel guy, he tells us all the time, like the vets, you know, they got it, you know, they own contract two, three, four, and like rookies like don't try and like you know keep up with them or try and get what they get <laughs> like just live within yourself and stay within yourself mm. well before we let you go i've been asking all of our rookies the same question so i want you to fill in this blank for me my rookie season will be what i'm gonna say memorable for sure especially that. you know the way it's starting already you know i'm just keep my head down keep working keep learning you know that's the biggest thing i want to do this year is just learn you know, the ins and outs of the game but I'm off to a real good start, a hot start. I just want to keep it going throughout the rest of the season. Yeah. Well, so we good. appreciate you so much for joining us, Mimsy, as, as as Sean Payton likes to <laughs> call that. you. And we are hoping that things turn around for you and the Denver Broncos very, very quickly. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much. Yes, appreciate you. All, All right, right, bro. Long season. Listen, just want to remind you guys, if you want to vote for Marvin, Marvin Mims Jr. or any of the other Week 3 nominees, head over to NFL.com slash voting slash rookies for your vote for the Pepsi Zero Sugar NFL Rookie of the Week. And that does it for Paper Out. We did it. Mm -hmm. A nice long Tuesday show. Tomorrow is hump day. You don't want to miss that. You know how that's going to start Wednesday's off. always a good day. Wednesday's always a good day. Well, thank you guys so much. And we will see you. Well, no, you know what? If you're listening on Sirius XM, I got to shout out you guys as well. Thank you so much. Faction Talk 103. And we will see you tomorrow. Bye. Peace. Peace out.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.